Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. I mean right. the, the the yellow suit, I didn't realize how skin tight it is. So actually actually Jackson DeVille, he's pretty well jacked. He's a he's a fit he's a fit man. I, I, I guess costume, so. Right? I, I, it's it's more than I would like to have known about Jackson DeVille, <laughs> that's for sure. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's Chris Sims on Button. Ahmed Fareed's here to lead the charge, and that's what we do here. We let you know a little bit more than you should know at times. That's right. You yeah. get knowledge, right? Jackson DeVille, he's he's crawling, like, hiding right now. I mean, he got his ass whooped by oh, a big yeah. lion yesterday. It's embarrassing. Ahmed Fareed's Detroit Lions. We had a great week 13. We got plenty to talk about. Great matchups, big injuries. I mean, I'm just... Yeah, uh, big news right now. I'm going to just say it right off the bat, but I hope you guys don't mind. What? Well, just the Baker Mayfield thing. Baker Mayfield. Uh, well, if you're going to do it right off the top of the show, you got to do the noise. I mean, so we're sitting here getting ready to do the show. We're yep. about to talk about 49ers Dolphins, okay? So I'm just going to go there, and yeah. I, I don't mean to change the – but it's just you're getting right into it. I'm getting right into this it. Is, we're ready I usually to go. We're want to talk to, roll. to you and we're ready ask to you roll. your weekend, but fuck your no. weekend. We got football we got breaking to talk news. about. Right. But so we know, I mean, of course, Jimmy Garoppolo is hurt, done for the year. I was last night in the control room during Sunday Night Football going, who's a team that's got three quarterbacks where one of them can maybe force them out of force themselves out of town, right? Who's the who, who can pull that card? And then we hear as we're getting ready to do the pod here. Yeah, Chris goes, oh, my God, it's happening. It's happening. I go, Baker Mayfield, they're saying they're gonna, the Carolina Panthers are going to release him. Now, he's going to have to clear waivers. Okay, so we'll see where that goes. But I just thought that was kind of coincidental with the 49ers and Baker obviously no longer a part of the plans of the Carolina Panthers. You know, now there's, I would think there's some teams that try to claim Baker Mayfield. But he can also, with his agent and everybody, maybe just go, hey, we don't want to fucking play for you, so don't pick us up, and we're going to make things miserable if you do pick us up, to where he could be there for the 49ers. I just found that very interesting. I think it's worth the thought, and I wouldn't be shocked to see it happen uh, by the end of today or tomorrow, whenever that you know official deadline of clearing the waivers happens. Yeah, it will be interesting because there are definitely other needy teams out there that right. could use a quarterback. I mean, Baker hasn't really shown much this year or last year, right. a little bit last year, but... So he's still got to go through the process. It's not like the 49ers can just go, everyone out of our way. No. We no. want this guy. Right. I mean, if, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. You, you, what were you going to say there? Well, I was going to say, like, you, you, I mean, you're, you're right. And then I got to think, like, you know, we were discussing, there's got to be some teams that maybe real legitimately, like, maybe the Colts. Maybe they want to go, hey, let's, let's get a look at them. Yeah. You know, and Matt Ryan, I mean, we know it's the end. You know, there's a team that at least somewhat makes sense. 
right? right? I mean, you, me, even teams like Atlanta. But if I'm in the waivers and I'm in front of the 49ers and we're in direct competition to then, you know, be in the NFC playoffs, like if I'm Seattle and I'm in the waiver wire and I'm ahead of the 49ers, I'm thinking about picking up Baker Mayfield no matter what. I'm just going, I'm not going to let the 49ers take him. We'll just figure it out on our own roster and he's going to be here and we'll make him. You know, part of our three quarterback situation. Well, and now I'm saying that Drew Locke might be like, well, then screw you that. I want out of here too. So and now Drew Locke's the new quarterback of the 49ers. So, it, but 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 I think you guys get what I'm saying here. I'm yeah. just something to watch out for. Very interesting and yeah, you know. Yeah. But why would the 49ers want him when you have Brock Purdy, Mister Irrelevant? Seriously. So, as we get into our first game, yes, we will it. hit every game. That is our promise to the homies out there. You know, we make that promise to you, and we uphold that promise. It could take us three and a half hours, but we will talk about every single game from Sunday. That's our promise to you guys. We'll do it with Dan OK, give you the headlines. We'll give you some Monday Night Football preview as well. Boom. But as Chris has already done, the pleasantries are gone. We're yeah. not even doing pleasantries. Yeah, I'm sorry. Well, I know. Hey, how I know. you doing? Great good. weekend. Hey, you know, hey, you. I was sick good. all week, but yeah, I'm fine Wednesday, now. we didn't have a pod because I know. I'm sorry. Chris was not vomiting, though, if you were wondering about that. I was nauseous. Vomiting. He was nauseous, but not vomiting. Yeah, right. Yeah, not even, not even diarrhea. So neither hole no. was having problems. No, thank you for exposing that on the <laughs> podcast. But that's what we're here for. You know, it's, it's yeah. a what the fuck happened so, podcast on a Monday there. So we're not even getting very uncomfortable in my stomach, nausea, aches and pains. I Exhaustion. I was tired. I don't know. I slept beyond belief, but I'm okay now. Yeah. And I'm sorry to everybody out there that I, I really wanted to try to suck it up to make the Wednesday podcast. You did all the work for it. Well, I did all the work, and I appreciate you being a kind friend and being like, dude, you don't feel good. Just yeah. chalk it up for today. We don't We don't. Because I you. need that sometimes because I'm kind of the guy that will always be like, I'll just push through it. I'll be okay. And so thank you. And the crew could use a day off. Yeah, too. no, you we're, said we're, that too, which is very deep thoughtful in the, of Deep you. in the season right. here. So right. uh, we got that day off. Chris yep. just had to feel sick for it. We're all thankful for that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, let's get right into our first game here. Yeah. We'll start with the big wins. The 49ers certainly had that big win. Big news. Maybe they have a new quarterback, but they certainly do have a new quarterback right now. Yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo out for yeah. the season with that foot injury. I'll tell you what. Yeah, say it. I, that that was impressive. Uh-huh. Like I, I give a lot, a lot of credit to Brock Purdy for preparing himself to be able to come in and do that against 100. a defense that's that's pretty good. Yeah. He's got some talent in the yeah. secondary for sure. Yeah, they put pressure on you. That's the biggest thing. And for Kyle Shanahan, that coaching staff, yeah. to, able to, to be able to set a system where a, a, a seventh-round rookie can come in with very little experience and, and do that, I, I don't think that happens many other places. I, I would agree with that. You know, I, I think it just speaks to Shanahan, the coach he is. You know, he's very good at picking these low-level, like, good backup quarterbacks, right? You know, to where whether it's the Nick Mullins, the C.J. Bethards of the world, these guys, he's got an eye for these guys where he knows, like, hey, they're kind of junkies, and I know they're going to stay involved even when they're not playing, and they could probably teach the offense to the other guys after a few weeks and all that. And I think that's what Brock Purdy is, and I think we saw that. I'm I'm with you. I mean, to be thrown into that situation, really kind of game of the year situation, and have a letdown and, oh, shit, it's the Dolphins who, you know, got a pretty good pass rush. They love the blitz. They play man-to-man in your face you know it's not an easy uh game to be thrown into the fire with he well i mean passed it with flying colors i mean he did pretty pretty good <laughs> i don't like, know if you saw our highlight show i had a lot of fun with purdy last did, night yeah birthday birdie, birdie, good. good yeah, yeah i was. mean he was um just but what was your value i forget yeah. did we talk about him did you look at a him? little bit yeah i mean he was one iowa of those, state right right yeah. i don't know how many was he, he wasn't like in our top six top so yeah he's played a lot of football yeah right and in iowa state they kind of run about as pro offense as you can run in college football so i think that's probably where shanahan saw 
saw it and said, wait, yeah, his guy, used, he's used to being underneath the center. He does play action pass. He does all of that. You saw he's a pretty good athlete. His arm actually looked better than I expected it to. Like the first few throws, I was like, well, I don't know, his arm's got a little more pop in it than I expected. Like I didn't think it was that different from Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm not saying he's better than Garoppolo. I'm just saying, yeah, it, 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 he looked like he belonged. And uh, that was an impressive win by the 49ers. It really was. To weather that storm and then the emotions of it, you know, that's something you got to think of too. And I'm like, oh, man, damn, like in the middle of a game, our quarterback's hurt. Ooh, it sounds like it's bad. I'm hearing some rumors on the sideline. Man, it's, is that going to affect our Super Bowl? All that. Those things go into your mind as a player. But they battled through, and, yeah, he was good. And I thought that was really one of the more – I think one of the – Purdy being great, being pretty good. Mm-hmm. And then the run game for the 49ers was legit yesterday. It's the one piece that's kind of been off a little bit, just their ability to run the ball with the running backs, not the trick plays, you know, Ahmed? Yep. And they kind of got that going yesterday too. That was a huge help. And, you know, they, they, they pushed the Dolphins around up front a little bit. Um, but that was a big win for, for the 49ers. It really was to, to deal with that controversy and then to deal with that team, the Miami Dolphins. And for that defense, again, to play the way it did, uh, yeah, pretty damn impressive. So our good friend... Yeah. Der, Der Bielbachter. Remember yeah. him? Oh, yeah. Remember we learned how to pronounce it? Yeah, I don't I think, think I, you really got it I yet. Forgot. But, yeah. I forgot how to pronounce it, yeah. so now we're just going to go with Der Bielbachter <laughs> from here on out. Uh, two questions for the 49ers. One, where do you see their ceiling for the 49ers for a playoff run mm-hmm. after the injury to number 10? And number two, isn't it remarkable that Mr. Irrelevant looks better in his rookie season than Trey Lance in his second year? Yeah, well, Ooh. you know, I, I know what you're saying there at the end. He's more seasoned. You, know, it's just, you said it right. Played a lot of college football. Trey Lance, everybody's worry is he didn't play enough football, let alone he sat out a year for COVID, let alone, you know, hey, draft, he's, he's more of a potential guy. Whoa, I see a lot of high-end things he can do, and we think we can groom it together and do that. Purdy, you knew what you were getting, right? It's going to be pretty good all the time, but it's never going to be pretty great. I, you know, I think that's kind of what you, you say. You, you know, uh, Lance has a chance to be pretty great. Um, so there's that. Now, the, the, as far as the, the where do you see the f- ceiling for the 49ers, yeah, that's the, that's the disappointing thing. Before this injury, you thought they could win the Super Bowl. 100%. 100%. To me, it's, you know, again, and I'll say it again, I, I just think them, and I, no disrespect to the Vikings, but them, the Eagles, and Cowboys, to me, kind of stand out in the NFC. And they certainly can beat any one of those football teams. And I think they're the kind of team that can beat one of those great AFC teams and those quarterbacks in a Super Bowl, too. So, yes, now I don't know if I view them. i got to see a little more. I am you know. The 49ers a playoff team still with Purdy? Yes. Their team is amazing. The coaching staff's great. Shanahan will find more ways to help them out and do that, as we always talk about. But now I look at it and go, yeah, I don't feel Super Bowl with the 49ers. I mean, it's like, yeah, maybe they can win a game, you know. Maybe they can win two. Yeah, maybe they can win two. But I just feel like... You know, Brock Purdy and the 49ers right here off, you know, base thought. Are they going to go in and beat the Eagles or the Cowboys in an NFC championship game? I don't know. I guess I don't see that. And uh, that's where it's disheartening, even for me personally, because it, it's my friend. And, yeah. you know, I send Kyle a lot of nice text messages during the year. And, you know, one of the last ones I just sent him a, like a few days ago was Hope like, nothing happens to Jimmy. <laughs> it, it was a little bit like, you guys are you're close. You're almost healthy. You can win the Super oh, Bowl no, this it's year. Almost as bad, right? I mean, I guess so. But uh, damn, just writes that, back today. Thanks, that, Chris. That hurt. That uh, that hurt. Yeah, it's well, like when you touched. Yeah. Uh, Fuck you, Joe Burrow. Burrow's Where's hand? Burrow at right now? Tell me where Burrow. I touched Burrow's <laughs> hand. It wasn't so bad. Luck. 
Maybe it took a little while to just ruminate through his blood is yeah. what I'm starting to think it happened. Or he had to wash his hand and then uh, <laughs> wash his whole body. <laughs> he finally body scrubbed and got the first layer of skin off. Yeah. Uh, speaking of your friend, Kyle, yeah. as uh, Pete notes here, this was a, a revenge weekend for some players out there, some coaches out there. Yeah. And I don't know if it's revenge when one of your disciples moves on, but uh, I'll tell you what, that Kyle Shanahan coaching tree is looking pretty good out Holy there. Maybe it'll it expand a little bit more with D'Amico Ryan coming up, will. too. You're right. uh, but Mike McDaniel, he beats uh, his protege. Uh, and I think we have a picture. Do we have that picture there? So, we, oh, yeah, uh, if you're uh, listening, here's what it is. It's after the game. It's like they're on the way out of the handshake. So it's like a weird pose right there. Yeah, it's like they've done a bro It's hug. like they did like a shoulder tap there. Yeah, and Kyle's <laughs> still engaged in the shoulder right, tap. Right, And uh, Mike is checking out, looking away. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of a weird, uh, weird timing on that picture. But, um, yeah, what do you think that's? What, what do you, where do you think? How good do you think this felt for Kyle? Um, where do you think that relationship stands? Because they were super close when they were with the super 49ers. Close. Super close. They, yes. And I think that, you know, it's, it's kind of his right-hand man and his buddy in a lot of ways. So uh, I think there's a, a great mutual respect. And, and, of course, McDaniel's been around the Shanahan family from when Mike was coaching the Broncos. So he's, not, you know, he's kind of a, an extension of their family that way. You know, this is one where it's like, I want to kick the shit out of my brother here in this game. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I don't want my brother to beat me one-on-one in the driveway or I don't want him, you know, to beat me in ping pong or whatever it is. You know how that is. or yep. You know, so I, I think that's where it's more at, let alone all the hype around McDaniel. That's where the competitive juices start going. You, you know, he's probably going, what, fuck, he got Tyree Kill and Waddle and he's running my fucking plays and everybody thinks he's a genius, right? That's at least what I would be saying in my yeah. head. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I'm sure that was, that was good that they kind of put a halt to that and within that you know put a halt to the storyline of the the Dolphins a little bit in the offense mm. you know I think, it put a halt to it so it was a bad game put a halt yeah put a halt to the at least for now just as far as yeah. like the esteem that was rolling that way so good defense for the 49ers yeah. maybe the best yeah. in the NFL we've seen what they've done in the second half here lately yeah uh, but the numbers for the Dolphins as you can see right now rush yards just 33 they did not convert a third down 0 for 7 no Four giveaways. That time of possession almost seems like a mistake. It's like they still play 60 minutes, right? Yeah. They had a time of possession of 1926. Uh, it is an all-season worst for wow. any team, Pete, wow. right? That's the lowest for any? Oh, he's not sure, but I would almost venture a guess. It's got to be. But um, for sure for the Dolphins, uh, Nick Bosa had three sacks out there. Yeah. They were missing two of their tackles. So they that were. was a problem. So do you think it, yeah, was it the uh, no. offensive line? Yeah. Or were there, are there problems here that we just well, saw? Well, there's this no game? problems, but I, I think you know, Tua didn't play good. Period. He did not. The stats are going to say that it looked like he played okay. He missed a number of wide open receivers, and some of those were that 0 and seven on third down conversions. But he, throughout the game, I mean, again, that's the one thing that me and Tony Dungy we were sitting there during the man. Oh man, he missed that throw. Oh man, that guy was open. I mean, he was off target. Let alone the interceptions he threw as well. You know, it was one of those games where it looked like they had, I mean, the people were open. It looked like, though, you know, again, they took away some of the cheap completions. We didn't see any of the screens and things like that break loose. We didn't see a Tyree kill, like, you know, throw into the flat, and all of a sudden he's running up the sidelines for 60 yards. So I think they took some of that away. But more than anything, I just felt like the 49ers' size and speed of their defense made Tua a little uncomfortable and jumpy in the pocket, right? Where, you know... He's 
usually been smooth and comfortable all year. And yesterday I felt like he was like, oh, man, these guys are faster around me. Let me get it out. You know what I mean? A little bit of that. And that happens, too. And, you know, that's where it can be a good learning experience for them as well. But, um, yeah, there, he was off throwing the football. He missed a lot of throws high throughout the day, had a few out routes towards the sidelines. He threw low, let alone, you know, again, some of the turnovers, the fumble at the end of the game. So it was not his best performance. But, you know, that was his first – you know, I, you know, and I just want to make sure that was his first test against a a upper echelon defense this year. You know, he didn't get to play against the Jets, right? It's because he was hurt, so that that he didn't get to see that kind of team, which is similar and fast and all that. I'm trying to look here just to pull up their schedule. Um, clearly. You know, the Bills, he was fortunate, remember, and the Bills, they were missing about eight starters from their defense in week three. So he's seen nothing like this all year, and hopefully this can be something he can build on, and this will help yeah. him when he plays the Bills in two weeks and the Patriots again and all that. It's funny you bring up that Bills game yeah. because Pete has done the research, and it was that game that the Dolphins actually did have the worst time of possession well, of yeah. the season. Remember they that? Had the we talked about two. that, yeah. 19 minutes, 20 seconds in that game, but they right. won that game. Yes, they did. Uh, 19 minutes, 26 seconds yesterday. The Eagles have the third fewest minutes and seconds of time of possession. Uh, 19 minutes, 36 seconds. Oh, the Washington game. And a loss to Washington. Yeah, right. That's, that's interesting. And then, you know, hey, listen, the game they won against Buffalo, you know, they were fortunate to win that. And I think we've, we've discussed that in depth there. Yeah. But uh, Miami's scary no matter what because uh, even when they're kind of controlled in the football game, just like we saw yesterday, it felt like, hey, 49ers in control, and then all of a sudden Hufanga decides to jump a crossing route and – Let's Tyreek Hill run a post over the top, and you go, oh, shit. There he is. Oh, damn, they scored. It was three plays, and here we go, and the game's close again. So they put tremendous pressure on you, and they do the same thing with the defensive side of the ball. Their team marries together the right way. It would be one of those yesterday a little bit where there was a few times, and I thought this was interesting with Shanahan too, is just that he knew the Dolphins were going to blitz. So instead of trying to pick it up and sort everything out, he just sent all five guys out, and he goes – Let's see if one of those blitzers is disciplined to get off their blitz and go cover our running back or whatever. And he did a good job of that, I thought, a few times. And you know my thing with blitzing, too, sometimes with the young quarterbacks, right? Yeah. That did jump out to me a few times. Yesterday. I go, Miami, why? You're, blitz- you're making the game easy on him. Oh, he's blitzing. He's in my face. i got to get it out. There's no decision to be made. You know, instead of like, hey, drop back, sit in the pocket. We got some good pass rushers. Read a coverage. Oh, no, you got to throw into this hole. And we got some yeah. linebackers and safeties who are fast right. and long, right? You have so, a good defensive line, too. Exactly right. Some I know, exactly right. So I, I didn't love that approach overall there by the, the Dolphins. But that's the way they play. The Dolphins yeah. are still one of the best teams in football. And two will bounce back. I think another feather in the cap of Kyle yeah. Shanahan in this one, too, is, you know, the thing on Mike McDaniel has been, hasn't it, he been undefeated in games where his starting quarterback finished the game? Wasn't that a exactly. out there, right. too? Yeah, two and is then, like 8-0. Oh, yeah. Starts and finishes the game or something, right? right. And so now Kyle can go. I don't even need to do that. My starter <laughs> goes out, you know, early in the game, right. and then Brock Purdy comes in, uh, wins a, wins that a good game. That speaks to the culture of their team there. Yes. And, you know, again, Miami will get there, and but that's Shanahan. And it's just there, there are some tough, crazy son-of-a-bitches out there, for lack of a better way to say it. And I, I'm saying that in an endearing way because sure. that's what they are. They just they don't mind the fight and the physicality, and we got to grind it out for four quarters and all that. And that's, that's Shanahan and who he is, and that's why uh, they're a damn good football team. But, man – yeah, I don't know if I can say they're a Super Bowl team right now. We're going to have to evaluate that as we go. Thomas Gatz TV says, if Nick Bosa does not win the Big Butt of the Week award, Fareed will have words. He's so fucking I good. I will have words. 
He's so good. You're, don't worry, I'm Tom. not pressured into doing anything. No, you don't. But we'll, we'll make sure we mention him during Big Butts so that we got to evaluate this fairly, okay? Yeah, he may win, but I'm we just not it. guaranteeing it. Right. He's not guaranteeing it. But he's going to be in the running, that's for sure. And then, quite honestly, he's getting to the point where he's so fucking good. He's in the running every week here. I, I mean, he's he's really he's defensive player of the year type of player. I mean, he really is. And, uh, man, is he going to get paid after the year? A lot of accolades for this 49ers defense, but don't overlook a defense over there in the AFC. Uh-huh. And you mentioned it, too. Mm-hmm. It's not all just offense, Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon, who didn't play, Joe Burrow, although he was pretty good in this game. The Cincinnati big play Bengals making yeah. some big plays on defense as well, taking down Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs 27-24. In fact, Joe Burrow, what, 3-0 and lifetime versus Mahomes. So it's settled. He's better. He's better than Patrick Mahomes. Let me redo my rankings. What was I thinking? (laughs) Well, you know, I I think what we're seeing here, first off, Joe Burrow is in the MVP conversation. And I think, uh, you know, hopefully everybody, maybe people will get off my back about my comments that Burrow was a little better than Brady to start the year. (laughs) Okay. I mean, there's a lot of people that were at me on that in this building and everywhere else. I mean, are you fucking kidding me? Like, get out of here. Joe Burrow is like, you know where a few weeks ago I was kind of going – Allen and Mahomes are kind of in a class of their own. Yep. I feel like the last three, four weeks, like, there's there's a party crasher. All right? Joe B's crashing the party. He's like, yeah, fuck you. I'm in this group. Chris Sims, you're wrong. I'm in this group with these guys. And the way he's played the last few weeks, to, to do what he did against Tennessee last week, then yesterday, yeah, he's special. And I'm into your point, too, with the Bengals. The Bengals – are getting closer and are, are getting they're one of, they're really a complete football team. I think that's the thing that I'm really impressed by. You know, Buffalo, of course, we know can play some defense too. So they got some. I, I think really when I look at those two teams, and in some ways, I think they might be more complete than Kansas City. Kansas City still has the great offense, and they have playmakers on defense. In totality, though, I don't think Kansas City's defense is good as the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals can kind of do it all. The Bengals can stop the run. They can cover man-to-man. They're good at zone. They're creative on the back end and, and in their defense in general. Lou Anarumo is another guy hmm. that deserves to be in the head coaching conversation after this year. And this is two years in a row of their defense just being top-notch. Um, so that was a big-time win. It really was. And, yeah, they got Kansas City's number. It's real. You know, the defense is talented enough to slow them down. And then with Burrow, his again, just – Getting the ball out of his hands, knowing when to hold it. They got a little bit of a run game going here. The offensive line has definitely turned the corner to where uh, the Bengals, I think, are are getting close to the conversation of you know one of the better teams in football. If not, they're they're really probably there. They're one of the b- the best teams in football. Lip smacklin good, yeah, smacklin good, smacklin good. For the Chiefs, is it more of a matter of getting over the mental hump with the Bengals or something on offense or defense? I think the Chiefs played well, and the Bengals are 3-0 and versus the Chiefs, yeah. but I don't feel like they have ever beaten the Chiefs more than the Chiefs have lost. Yeah, Does that I hear make you. sense? So we I saw the you. fumble right. yesterday. That was a big turning that point was in the game. Point game right? Chiefs were up by 4. 24-20. And then Travis Kelsey. Catches a nice ball over yeah. the middle, right? Turns up. You're going, oh, it's Travis Kelsey doing his things. Kansas City, they got a chance to really control the game right here. Their offense kind of got it going, and you kind of go like, okay, they, they got a feel for for Cincinnati's defense and everything. I think it's all going in the right direction. Jermaine right? Pratt. Jermaine man. Pratt, North Carolina State. He just he had his hand in there from the second he made contact, 
And Kelsey just it just sometimes you get stuck as a ball carrier where you go, oh no, he's really got me. And it looked like Kelsey was trying to go to the ground because well, yeah. he was like, I know he's going to get it. I can't hold it much longer. I wouldn't even call that a mistake, honestly. It was you just know? a great play. I think it was a great play I'm, I'm more than you. it was just like he was you. careless with the ball because right. he was not careless with the ball. No, Pratt ripped that thing out. He did. He did. You're right. He tucked it away. It wasn't like he was holding it out there like a loaf of bread. Yeah, uh, it was a good play. And you know, sometimes we need to say that more instead of just blaming people. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I understand the question there the the game listen if they play again uh, yeah it's a coin flip game it's a coin flip game I mean again if they stop them on third and 11 at the end of the game and you're gonna oh gosh Mahomes is gonna get the ball here with a chance to go down and tie it or win it I mean we fucking knew it was gonna happen he's gonna fucking make it happen so yes they just can't make those mistakes but the bottom line is they're never gonna blow out the Bengals they're just controlling the Bengals match up well with them because of the coaching you know, they have pass rushers, and they mix it up. That's the other thing, too. You know, they got they blitzed a few times. That's how Valdez-Scantling caught some of the big passes. They did some of their, you know, rush three, drop eight, like they did in the AFC Championship game and did all that. So they have the, the not only the people but the scheme on the defense to make things tough on Kansas City's offense at times. And then, you know, the other side of the ball is, you know, Kansas City's defense is it's good. It's real good. It's not great, right? But it's good. And they just make plays and, and opportune moments. That's kind of why, how I view Kansas City. But Burrow is like, it's hard to strip sack him, right? You know, it's hard to get him when he's playing like this to throw a ball in the coverage or make a bad throw. He kind of is a fucking surgical machine right now. And that's why he deserves to be in the MVP conversation. Uh, but that was a lot of fun to watch yesterday. Yeah. It really was. Uh, There's a lot of things to talk about in that game, and we'll break it down more on Wednesday. Um, but, yeah, I think it's – the only thing I question with the Bengals going down the stretch here is their schedule. They have a brutal schedule. And that's where I just – you know, I, I, they're a team that has officially crossed the line for me to where I go, Bengals can win the Super Bowl. I don't think I would have said that three or four weeks ago. Now I'm in like, whoa, defense, DJ Reader back. They're healthy on that side of the ball. The, I mean, running the ball again every week a little bit consistently, right? Yeah. What do you think about that? Smaj yeah. P. Ryan, another good game for him. Yes. 21 carries, 160 yards. He's good out of the backfield. Uh-huh. Well as a pass catcher. Yeah. I mean, I know you've been a big Joe Mixon fan for a long time. Yeah. But P. Ryan's good. Does he give him more? Is he more dynamic? Does he give him more options? I don't think he does. I, I don't think so. But I don't think there's a much of a gap there. Mm. You know, I don't look at it and go like, oh, man, when they get Joe Mixon back, they're going to be. Now, P. Ryan's a good player. I mean, there's a reason he's in on third downs through the year and in on the Super Bowl, right? Yeah. On the third down where everyone's like, why is he in the game? He's, he's good. And you can see he can catch the ball. He's great at pass blocking, and he's a sledgehammer runner. You know, and they got a little attitude going on right now. I mean, as man, as bad as that O line looked in Week Four and Five, I just can't believe the turnaround here. The next gen stat of the game, according yeah. to the NFL, on this one, the Chiefs' defense generated a season low. 15.6 quarterback pressure percent. Woo. It was 25% from weeks 1 through 12. So the Chiefs uh, did not pressure the quarterback as much as, the, as they have done all season. No, they have. That's, that's what I mean. You know, they're not always the greatest defense, but Chris Jones, you know, we can always count on him us coming in here on a Monday or a Wednesday and go, man, Chris Jones, he strip sacked, he tipped the ball, he made this play, he made that play. They didn't really hear his name yesterday. So that Bengals you know, line has come along. They have got it going. And I don't think it's a great running team, but they run the ball enough now, just like the Chiefs do, to where you go, you can't just say, oh, we don't really care about it. And then him 
And you, what's scary about him, and the other thing I, I just I notice, whether it's the Tennessee Titans, who are, I think, one of the best zone teams in football, they just it's, you almost, it's hard to play zone against him because he's just going to make the right read and throw every fucking play. And then, and then you go, okay, let's play man-to-man. And then you're going, you're over there chewing your nails off because you're going, fucking, we're man-to-man on Higgins. We're man-to-man on Jamar Chase. And he loves that. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm impressed with the Bengals. And Joe B is definitely, for me, with, you know, Josh Allen, Mahomes, Hurts, Joe Burrow, MVP combo. That nugget about him picking apart zone, you would have heard that on Wednesday. Yeah, right. I wrote that in my notes, right? If Chris wasn't sick. So a bonus note. We're still using those notes. He's All a, your hard work. He's the greatest manipulator of zone coverage in the drop back pass game in the game right now. There's nobody better. He literally has like a sixth sense where he's like, he'll be looking down the middle of the field and he'll like feel that the weak side linebacker didn't really drop enough to his zone and he'll just be like, boom, and he throws it to the back and the back gets seven yards. And you're just like, gosh, I, I don't even, how the fuck was he even see that and look at that? I mean, that's where he's, he's next level. And then he does not let the pass protection issues or what they were. He's kind of took it in his own hands. and like, don't worry. I'll just get it out quick, and I'll be slippery fucking son of a bitch like I am and move around the pocket. And I think Frank Clark said some nice things about him after the game that jumped out to me that I saw. He was just like, first of all, he's a bigger human than everybody realizes, and he doesn't get enough credit for how he moves. You know, forget some of the runs he made, but he's, he's – Brady and Manning-ish within the pocket. He just knows exactly where to slide and move and stay in the right spot. And that's where he's really, really special. And T. Higgins is a legit number one wide receiver. No doubt about it. For a they long got time. A, it was yeah. awesome in this he's, game. It's, it's, they got a one and a one A, and that's where they're special. But the hype train on Joe Burrow, it's getting going now. Chris yeah. is uh, the conductor on that. The hype train on Mike White. Woo! That was going crazy going into this game. Vikings, though? They slow down that locomotive. Yeah. 27-22, Vikings get the win at home. It was a game that was a slow start for Kirk Cousins. It was one of those games where it was like, man, maybe this offense just won't get clicking. They eventually did. Uh, The Jets were able to move the ball up and down the field at times, but that red zone offense was not so good. Give credit to the Vikings uh, for making it difficult for them there. The Vikings offense in the red zone, three for three. The Jets in the Woo. red zone, one for six. That was the difference in the game. Uh, exactly right. And that's kind of how Minnesota's been winning football games. I mean, it's another game where you go, I don't think Minnesota was the better team on the field. But they won the game. And it's there's something to it. You know, it's, it's one of those now where you can't go like, oh, it's luck or whatever. It's They're comfortable. And they, they win situational football more times than not. And I think that's the, that's the big thing that's putting them over the edge. But, yeah, they're, they're, they're kind of cool with, like, hey, you want to move the ball? Great. But uh, it's going to be hard to score a touchdown. You know, this was a game, you know, Mike White played good. He did a lot of good things. Had the early interception. The Jets made some mistakes and did some things that they had not done here over the last seven, eight weeks, minus Patriot games, right? Uh, one, I mean, start the game off with the interception by Mike White. Wasn't a good play, a good read, whatever, good throw. Nothing about it was good. That gave them a, a field goal, the, Vi- uh, the, the Vikings, right? Then you know, the next drive, the Vikings to go down 10-3. to There's a bunch of you know four-yard runs and some bad penalties by the Jets. That really let them get down there in field goal position or in in, uh, in position to score the touchdown. It wasn't like they were like, you know, picking apart the Jets or anything like that. It was just a little bit of like, yeah, Jets being undisciplined and and the the Vikings were patient. Then, you know, they let up a big pass to Jalen Rieger. I don't know if you remember that. They kind of had it covered. 
Cousins just threw it up. They had two people there. They haven't been a team that's letting been letting up those type of big plays. That was a big moment. And then they panicked, down 17-3, ball midfield, and I thought Sala panicked and, like, wait, the Vikings, like, you know, hang in there. It's been hard. Your, your, your defense is okay. They go for it on a fourth and one in midfield, don't get it. And the Vikings get a field goal to make it 20-3. to So there were some things the Jets did, um, but they battled. They hung in there. But, yeah, the fact that they couldn't punch the ball in the end zone was certainly, you know, one of the biggest issues of the day. Yeah, threw the ball 57 times, did Mike White, 369 yards, no touchdowns, a lot of those yards to Garrett Wilson. That connection has been fun to watch so far. Threw it him 15 times, eight catches for Garrett Wilson, 162 yards. But back to the Vikings, something you brought up, too. These one-score games. Right. The Vikings have won a lot of them. In fact, they're now 9-0 in one-score games. No team since 1940 has gone 9-0 or better in a full season. Got a pop quiz for you. Pop quiz, asshole. So Pete is throwing this at you because you mentioned maybe this is sort of a learned skill at this point. Right. Maybe we can count on the Vikings being able to do this for the rest of the regular season, maybe into the playoffs too. Who knows? He goes, what team had the most wins in one-score games last season with a record of 8-2-1? and one? Okay, last season... One score wins. One score games are eight, eight wins, two losses, and a tie. Ooh, that almost should give it away, maybe. Damn, it Who is. Who tied last I year? know. The, 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 tie is, <laughs> the tie is killing me. The, uh, damn, who had the tie last year? Hold on. All right, so just tell me. Who is it? It was the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, the Steelers. Jeez. Who it, it got who into got the playoffs. obliterated in the playoffs? Yeah, maybe they just didn't play a close enough, close enough game. I will say, though, there was another team in my notes here. I have the 2019 Seattle Seahawks, who had won nine one-score games in a season, and they lost in the playoffs a one-score game. Yeah. My argument almost would be, and I was talking about this with Pete beforehand. Right. It's like, I think it's good. I think winning one-score games is a good way to get into the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it necessarily helps you once you get into the playoffs. I, I would agree. It's, it's a different game in the playoffs. And then, you know, just with the exhaustion of, hey, it's winner go home. The coaches take a few more chances. Players are a little more alert. And, hey, the adrenaline of the playoffs and things, they don't mess up as much. And, Yes, I, I agree with you. That does not translate to, oh, wait, you're going to win one-score games in the playoffs against teams that are, you know, are really good and are really well coached and you know, have a lot of information on what you do uh, in that situation. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't think that translates necessarily. And that's where I'm a little bit still torn with Minnesota. I know they're good, obviously. I'm not trying to say that, but I don't put them in the elite part of the NFL for the same thing we've, we've been talking about for weeks. There's just very few times where I've watched them and gone, whoa, they're so dominant or this is so great about them. Um, they win the football games, and, and there's nothing you can do to take away that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they, they, they won that by the skin of their teeth yesterday and were fortunate. And I was a little, you know, one of the things is, I kind of got mad at the Jets because I didn't think they ran the ball, you know, enough on the first time when they were stopped down in the end zone. The one that ended up Braxton Berrios could have caught it, could have been a better throw by Mike White in the end zone. You know, the play before that, they threw it on a third and one. He threw it to Garrett Wilson. You know, the play before that, they did run it up the middle, which I had forgotten about. And I want to say sorry, too, because I think I said on the highlight shows, like, I was mad they didn't run the ball. 
And to me, the, the, the biggest thing was I just wanted to see a James Robinson or somebody like that who's bigger, more powerful quarterback be underneath the center, run downhill type of run. And that's where I was a little critical. But, hey, the Jets are still a really good football team. They definitely are. Uh, that's a tough one there. And mm-hmm. I think the silver lining would be is just go – you know, hey, the Vikings are 10-2, and two, and I think if you took away records and people just went for the look test, they'd probably look at you guys and go, wait, I think that's the 10-2 and two team, and that's the 7-5 and five team. Yeah. You know, there's, so they're a young team. They're learning how to win. Uh, they made some mistakes yesterday. Mike White did miss some throws, um, but still, he played well. But that's not the way the Jets want to play there. It was a little sloppy yesterday. The fact that they couldn't run the ball at all. You know, and then the defense, yeah, with you know, some penalties like we talked about and a few inopportune big plays, uh, something we haven't seen from them. What would you make of the T-shirts the Jets players made that a lot of them were wearing? Yeah. Boarding the team plane. Well, they I said had Mike, Mike White. Yeah, it was cool. Mike I mean, F and White. You know, they, they obviously have some sort of camaraderie there. You know, they were, you know, they're very into that. They were wearing the Milfinator Zach Wilson shirts early on before the season started, That's too. That's true. So it's like. You know, I, I I don't know. I don't know if I want to read into it or not. Trust me. I mean, I do, and I, I get that. Um, but you know, I, I don't know. And then the next day, they're wearing Mighty Duck stuff to the uh, game. Yeah, what was the reason for that? I don't know. Because they're in Minnesota, I guess. I don't know. They're they're very into their fashion, the New York Jets, apparently. <laughs> uh, congratulations to the Vikings. Ten wins. They're ten and two. And Vikings fans listening are going to go. I mean, what do we got to do to convince you guys? Know. You know what? It's very simple. Win the Super Bowl. <laughs> no, you win right. the Super it, Bowl. We'll be on board. There, there's, there's, <laughs> it's, it is weird because I feel like we disrespect the Vikings a lot, and yeah. I don't want to. Their own fans probably but, feel it too. But it's I'm just like, trying. Well, yeah, make Florio a run feels the, it. Make a run through the playoffs. You know, get to the Super Bowl. Maybe even. I'll tell you that. You don't have to win the Super Bowl. Get to the. If Super you got Bowl. to the Super Bowl, I'd be shocked. I'd be shocked. I guess I'm disrespecting them more. Right, mm-hmm. but. Um, but, yes, I, I, I'm just trying to be real about my assessment. Yeah. And there's a lot of good. There is. But I, I guess there's, I don't see great. Yeah. And, and that's, that's my Not issue. Not yet. Not yet. Yeah. We maybe don't it, see maybe it that yet. changes. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Time now for Give Me the Headlines presented by Hyundai. have already had our breaking news. No more breaking news in this. This is more of just you the think. community site. Oh, oh, that's true. Yeah. It could happen at some point here. Uh, we're going to go NFC East edition. So our newspaper only covers teams in the NFC East here today. Uh, we'll start with the Eagles and Titans. And actually, we're going to give this headline to A.J. Brown. Ooh, it was a I revenge like game for him. And so he had this to say. Uh, about his TD celebrations versus his former team yesterday. What was the inspiration behind the touchdown? Oh, uh, today, you know, uh, you know, I'm gonna have to give you this whooping, but I still love you though. So <laughs> that's what the hug came in at the end. <laughs> <laughs> so there's your headline. I like him. Today is a whooping. Tomorrow, I love you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just say, sometimes you gotta, you gotta, I'm gonna give you this whooping today. I still yeah. love you. Well, you gotta take it like a man today. This is this is this is professional NFL football here. Um, that was a whooping. It was personal for him. You could you could tell. Definitely. I mean, it, he had a, they had a good thing going on there. 
Tennessee's got to be. I mean, Mike Vrabel's got to be scratching his own head a little bit. Like, man, what, what, why did we trade that guy away just to not give him a twenty million dollar, twenty two million dollar contract? I mean, it's it's still. You know, one of the biggest issues with their football team was we saw yesterday. They couldn't run the ball. Traylon Burks got hurt, and all of a sudden you go, well, fuck, they got nothing. They got nothing to throw to. You know, Robert Woods is not the same person anymore. I don't think he's totally gotten healthy back from his knee surgery and ACL tear last year. Um, but, yeah, he's, he's special. And what's different with yesterday, first off, this is what we always talk about. You know, the bind the Eagles put you in. It's, there's not a weakness on their football team. And there, the Titans played. They played defenses, at least it looked like, in my opinion, just stop the run. They weren't going to let the run or Jalen Hurts in that run game take off on them. So then, as you heard me say, I think they're one of the best zone coverage teams in football. Mm -hmm. They're good in man, but those corners are not like lockdown. And then Christian Fulton, their best corner, got hurt during the game. So now they're playing man to man with guys where one's a rookie in McCreary, who I like. And then, uh, you know, um, damn, I'm blanking on 30. Avery, his, his, he's playing. And then they're, they're just, they're not ready for that. They're not ready to be on an island with no help at all against A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. And the Eagles, they're just, they're amazing. They're just like, oh, you're in man-to-man. You go straight. You go straight. I'll throw it. We'll catch it. Touchdown, Eagles. And, man, it just seemed like it was that all day long from Philadelphia. Eight touchdowns in the last seven games for A.J. Brown. Had probably the best contested catch that we will see. I mean, who I forget who the defensive back was. I mean, he was I in was his 30. arms. He was I hugging Avery. Him. Yeah, he was the guy. He was the guy. He was hugging after he. Yeah. Uh, he whooped him. Who was it, Pete? Trey Trey Avery. Trey Avery. It was right. Avery. Yeah. I mean, you can't have pretty. I mean, he's looking back to the ball, wrapped up, probably pass interference. No, I know. I can't believe I, he still caught it. I, I, I agree. It's 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 amazing. He is. And then you know, Devontae Smith, the day he had to go yeah. on top of it. And again, you got you got to remember. I mean, Dallas Goddard, he's hurt right now. But you know, that was the first time all year where I felt like Philadelphia just said, okay you want to do this screw you we're going to throw it every play then and we're just we don't care and and again he's a very good deep ball thrower um I don't think you could play man-to-man that much against them though you know I Toach Dungy I and Garrett have had this conversation a lot and that, and that yesterday to me is that's the reason you got to find ways to play some creative zones a little bit to you know not let them just throw one-on-one jump balls uh, that, that's the biggest thing because there's just not many teams that have the corners in football that are ever going to be able to stop those two. Um, but the Eagles, between that and then the defense and their run defense, which we've all questioned, mm-hmm. I mean, there was nowhere for Derrick Henry to run. Um, yeah, that was uh, an impressive, dominant victory against the Tennessee Titans. Second week in a, wo- or in a row. In a woe. In a woe. It was uh, the woe is me is what Derrick Henry was saying. See how I did that? Yeah. Uh, 11 carries, 30 yards. None longer than six. So the Bengals last week were able to contain him. And Bengals good defense. Yeah. Eagles good defense. Yeah, that's right. But still, yeah, you'd figure maybe Derrick Henry is a guy that, even with a good defense, right. is going to have his big runs. Has not been the case the past no, couple weeks. No, I think that's where Tennessee maybe is slightly different than the last few years when we've seen them be the number one seed or when we saw them go to the AFC championship game. I don't think this O-line, and we hit on this a little bit earlier in the year, I don't think it's as dominant as it's been. It's still good. But I don't think, like, 
hey, the year they went to the AFC Championship game or early on last year, you went, oh, there's nine guys in the box. It doesn't fucking matter. They're going to block it the right way and just road grade people out of the way, and they'll still get 100 yards rushing. It doesn't matter. It doesn't feel that way right now. And that's, again, where, like, the Traylon Burks injury was, was, I thought, a a big moment in the football game. What would you make of that play? Yeah, you want to Marcus Epps. Yes. I I mean, I got that bothers me. First off, it doesn't bother me. You know, I defend the defensive players almost always because it's impossible to play defense anymore. You can't tackle the quarterback. You can't cover the receivers. How about this? I mean, I know, stay on task here, and then I'll go to it. A.J. Brown. No, no, sorry. The Marcus Epps diving. I mean, he launched a Traylon Burke's head, right? Penalty. Mm -hmm. Good job by the refs. My issue was this. I watched the game on Thursday night, the Patriots – I watched Mac Jones throw the ball over the middle to Jacoby Myers. I watched Jacoby Myers lower his head. I watched DeMar Hamlin turn his body to the side and not try to hit the guy. They hit each other, and they kicked DeMar Hamlin out of the fucking game. This was as egregious as it gets. It'll be in a reel of what not to do next year in training camp for all teams to watch. Just a flag. and that's It's just the inconsistencies. And the thing is that jumps out to me, and Pete and I were talking about this yesterday, is it just seems like in standalone games, they kick you out. One o'clock, part of the eight-game fucking circus, eh, not a big deal. And that bothers me too. But, what? yeah, it, it, that bothers me. There's inconsistencies there. Let alone, listen, all the roughing the passers and all of that. But, yeah. you know, I, I just don't like that aspect of the inconsistency and, yeah, I thought Marcus Epps, by the letter of the law on this one, should have been thrown out. And uh, that's where it just bothered me a little. Yeah, so Pete did the research. Yeah. Four players have been ejected for illegal blocks hits this season. Three of those were in primetime games, mm-hmm. to your point. Mm-hmm. The other was in a 425 game. So none of the 1 o'clock games. That's a, a bunch prime, of other games 425, I mean, we can say what we want. It's a primetime game. Fewer it's the games. game that does the biggest rating every week. There are a lot of people, and I, I, I looked on social media. I was like, what do you think of that hit? What do you think of that hit, right? Marcus Epps. You know, he does go in with his shoulder. We've seen these plays made in the past. Maybe 10 years ago, we wouldn't even be talking about it. No. You know, it was really unfortunate that Traylon Burks got hurt in it. Um, but like you mentioned, it, it's textbook on what the NFL is not going to allow. Right. Next and I year. didn't even think he went in on the shoulder. I don't think it was malicious intent. No, really, I think you're just, I, yeah, these guys are making, playing football. Exactly right. It's hard. I but agree. it's a play that has to be taken off the, off the board. I think it's where it's got to be taken off is I do think he led with his head. He hit him with the crown of his helmet sure. right in his face. Right. So that to me was like the most egregious thing. And that to me is where, yeah, you can fix that. And to Marcus Epps, I want to be like, dude, that's how you get hurt. Exactly. Like, don't do that. Exactly. Right? It's a, it's a win-win for all when you don't do that. Yep. And, and that is a fixable thing. Like you said, you can turn your body and still make that hit and lead with the shoulder and do that. I thought that was, it was a clear launch of the head first. Or you have to get there quicker if you're a defensive back. Well, sure. And if you're not in position to make a play without launching your head into someone else's head, then you, you missed the play already. Well, we, we've lost... We've lost, Yeah. yes, agreed. And I don't even know if they're going to let you off the hook on that one because that goes back to the Patriots-Bills one with DeMar Hamlin. And this is my biggest – we have a fundamental flaw in football right now, and it really bothers me as a guy that's a traditionalist and I love football and I love the game where – okay, let's go to back to that Bills-Patriots game. Here we are, not great spacing by the Patriots receivers. The, the Bills are – Coached and perfectly in the right places, doing the right thing. 
The guy literally turns his body to try to hit him with the shoulder. Yeah, he gets the penalty. He gets kicked out, right? If he doesn't hit the guy or do nothing, he just lays up. He becomes a social media meme. And, like, what a wimp that guy is. He doesn't – he just lets people catch the ball over the other We can't be a good super – so he, he gets – he gets right. Like it become Tyron Matthew, who's become that a few times this year. So you you become that, but really you might have been just going, "Well, fuck! I don't want to get a penalty or get a rule." But within that, we're gonna we're gonna reward the bad play call by the Patriots and the horrible decision by Mac Jones and give you 15 yards. Everything about that is fundamentally wrong in football. Everything. We're rewarding the dumber and the the like we're, we're, we're ruining the bad i guess that's just well, yeah. i can't spit no, it I, out i get it i get it and that bothers me and then there's a there's sean mcdermott leslie frazier who coached the play perfectly taught their guy to hit the guy perfectly real and the other guy lowered his head and you kicked him out and you gave them first and goal what yeah there's something wrong with that nfl it's annoying let alone still the rubbing the passer calls, let alone back to our Philadelphia-Tennessee game here. A.J. Brown, he catches the out and up for a touchdown, right? I wish we could show this right now. We're going to talk about this on Wednesday, and we're going to make a social video. He double moves, right? The guy goes on the out route with him. Yeah. He turns up and runs over the DB. (laughs) I know. And and this is the problem right now. This is what the NFL has done. Everybody – thinks it's pass interference on the defense. I mean, literally the announcers in the game were like, I don't know, was that bull? <laughs> what? Yeah. And then they came around. The defender has the right to be where he is. <laughs> Stand there. He's not supposed to go like, ole, go. Yeah. yeah, well, A.J. Brown goes, hey, no, my pattern goes right through your body. Get out well, of the way. That's how we drew it up. That was offensive pass interference. <laughs> it was. And, and that, and, but, but we have gotten so numb with any contact, we just go defense. defense. The defense has the right to he be took a, on the He field. took a charge, basically. It is he like, literally why, why? was – he has the right to be at the spot. It's the <laughs> yeah. name of football. It's yeah. the controlling of the spot. I mean, yeah. that's what it is. And yeah, so that's that just bothers me. Yeah. I didn't mean to go on that tangent, but I think no, we do have to show some of these plays on it's, social media. It's super important, and and the heads got. I mean, you've heard it over. Right? You take the head out of the game, right? Take the head out of the game, and and some of it is taking the defender off the hook because I, when I played, I never played at a high level, but I got hurt more playing defense than I did offense. Sure. You're throwing your body Trying out to stick there, your head in exactly, there, exactly. Right? right. Some of right. this is to save the defender from having to put their own body in harm's way. They don't care about the defender. That's what they've told me. It's only the health and safety of the quarterback and the receivers. Everybody else, they don't fucking care about. Yeah. And that should be their new logo in the NFL. Well, in basketball, we've decided, like, if a guy's going for a dunk and you've been beat, you can't just take out his legs right. and throw him to the ground. Because some people in football would say, well, what else is he supposed to do at that point? Just let him go dunk it? It was like, yeah, we've made the decision yeah. that you can't just be dangerous yeah. with someone else's body. Yeah. So I think that's what the NFL is trying to do, and I sure. think that's what they have to get to, and hopefully right. they do. Well, they're it's, overdoing it, in the way, what I guess is in what some I'm respects, saying. In, in some respects, right. they are. Right. Yeah, right. But I see the end goals trying to eliminate these yeah, players. Yeah, I'm, I'm all for that. I think that's big. Uh, another big win for the Eagles in that one. That was impressive. So was the Cowboys win on Sunday night football with Mike Tirico and Chris Collinsworth on the call. Uh, they obliterate the Colts, although it was a close game yeah. until the fourth quarter. It's crazy. And then it became a giant blowout. Your headline for the Cowboys 54-19 win over the Colts. Yeah! 
Yeehaw! Ride em, cowboy! Woo-wee! We gotta break in this young colt. We gotta show him who the boss is. I'm the cowboy. That's the colt. Yeah. Whoopsh! Whoopsh! Yeah. Whoopsh! Whoopsh! Yeah. <laughs> they got they got whipped. They got whipped. You but gotta, I still love them. You gotta teach these young horses. That's what you gotta do. Yeah. And they're just grooming them. Yeah. They're making them tougher for the future. Yeah. Matt, Matt Ryan's not that young. He's not <laughs> oh, that young anymore. You're right. Uh, and this was also the, the main headline of this game was basically it was another scoregami out there. That's a uh, huge. That's, that's a huge deal. That's all that matters I, out I know. there. That's, that's all anybody could fucking talk about at the ne- end of the game. Oh, the score of Gomi. Never happened before. Uh, 54-19. It is the 1,074th unique final score in NFL history. And I, I'm getting kind of sad because I think we're running out. We have to be running out, right? At a certain point, like, are my kids going to get to enjoy Scorigami? Probably not. <laughs> right? well, We're getting gone. down to the end. The whole two-point conversion and all that stuff is really, yeah, you're right. It's going to, Scorigami, it's going to be gone in about two years. It's almost over. Right. So enjoy it now. Or if you hate it, just know that in a couple of years it will be gone. Yes. Um, but this was, I mean, this was, wow, pretty impressive against a Colts team that has kept games close against good opponents. Yes, they have. Like, they have been in games. They have talent on the defensive side. Offensively, they're not fun to watch at all. Um, but for for the Cowboys able to do that at the end, well, yeah, what you what you make of it? Well, I, I mean, the game getting out of hand. Like yeah, that well, I, you know, I I think the the big thing to me is just the again, it, I think it shows you how special the Cowboys are and how many playmakers they have just across the you know across the spectrum on all three phases. That's where I find the Cowboys incredible. You know, the offense can make plays. They can also kind of grind it out and run the ball. The defense is just constant pressure, people at the line of scrimmage, blitzes, dropping out, all of that. It's just controlled chaos. Even though their special teams wasn't anything last night, they put uh, most weeks with, with Turbin back at the kick returner or it's fucking John Fossil, the special teams coach, is always looking for a trick play. They put tremendous pressure on you that way. And that, to me, was just kind of the, the story is they're just – you know, the the Colts wilted away in it a little bit there in the fourth quarter, where yeah the game has to go a certain way. They got to run the ball. Our defense has got to keep us in it. Matt Ryan's got to be able to get the ball out of his hands quickly and all that. Um, but it's like Cowboys got up twenty eight. What was it twenty eight nineteen? And you know the the Colts who did some good things, but it, you know felt like. They were hanging on by a thread at times on the offensive side of the ball where you're going, oh, man, they almost got Matt Ryan. Or, oh, gosh, that ball was in the air forever. That was almost an interception. It's just the dam broke. I mean, that, that's what – and it just shows you where their defense and Pollard and all of a sudden they rip off a few plays and you're like, holy shit, we were in this game like seven minutes ago. And all of a sudden nine plays later on offense, we're, they, we're losing by 30? Like, what the hell happened? Uh, I, I just think that speaks to the elite level of talent Dallas has. And that's where they're scary, and they're elite. They're definitely one of the best teams in football. Yep. It's not easy to win by 37 in Minnesota or by – what do they win by 30? It's impossible 35 to do that math right now. To win by 35 against the Colts? Yeah. That, uh, it's the NFL. You just you don't see that happen unless you're kind of an elite football team, and that's what they are. It was a revenge game for Malik Hooker. 15th overall pick in the 2017 yeah, draft him. by the Colts. Had an interception, had a fumble return for a touchdown. There was bad news, though, for the Cowboys. Anthony Brown reportedly out oh, for the season. I know. With a torn Achilles. So OMPT asks you thoughts about Kelvin Joseph or Nashawn Wright filling in for Anthony Brown in Dallas. How big of a blow is this for well, them? Well, it, it, I mean, it, I think where it's, it's big is the fact that, like, the – 
they've already lost Jordan Lewis, who's a really good nickel cover corner. And now you lose Anthony Brown, who's a really damn good corner, too. He gets out overshadowed a little bit by Trayvon Diggs and some of the other stars in that defense. But damn, he's good. And as we've talked about before, they're a team that, you know, they play on the edge a little bit. They're not afraid to go, well, shit, we're going to blitz six here, and we're going to play man-to-man, and we're going to put pressure on you. We're going to make you, you know, have to make a throw into tight coverage in the pocket with a lot of people around you. That chops a leg off a little bit. But Kelvin Joseph, to me, is a guy I loved him coming out of Kentucky. I think he, he'll be ready to go here. I, I wouldn't be shocked if he kind of, and this is no disrespect to Anthony Brown, if he, now he gets his opportunity to get some off-the-field issues early in the year to where you know, he settles in and maybe they don't miss it. And then we'll see about Wright. I don't know a ton about Wright. I need to evaluate him a little bit more. But he looked good last night from what I saw. Um, and they seem to have an eye for that position there in Dallas. So it wouldn't shock me. You know, if they if they uh, if they kind of surprised us, and then twenty six Bland, he was the other guy that jumped out. Um, and Bland uh, is uh, he's a rookie. I'm forgetting the school. I want to say he went to Fresno. Uh, I'm going to find it before anybody here. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, he went to Fresno State. I remember watching him coming out in the draft too. He was a good player. He got good size. Can kind of do it all. So. I don't know. Again, it stinks, but I don't think it's it's not a deal breaker. I yeah. don't look at it and go, oh wow. At least they got a little depth and talent at the position. And you got a good pass rush, which makes life exactly a little right. bit easier for those guys. Great back pass there. rush. That's um, right. So and it was uh, it was very difficult for the Colts to do anything. And Jeff Saturday, it was fun while it lasted. Right. The chances of him retaining this job, not that you know, there's no shame in losing to the Cowboys. No. Or the Eagles. I don't think this even matters. I don't. What do you mean? I, I think he's still in the inside track to be the head coach next year, just really? by the feel of it. Yeah. I mean, I think he's going to be able to sit there and go, wait, it was 21-19. It was the third quarter. You know, my fucking quarterback is old and it's over. He can't throw the ball. He can't even take a hit and hold on to the ball. They go, you either want to put him back in. I, well, he goes, well, yeah, the other guy's even worse. So, you know, I just, I, I, you know, I don't know if I would say that this just ends that conversation. Okay. All right. That's at least my thought. Sure. You, maybe you, no, maybe I mean, you do. Who knows? No, I, I don't know. Who knows if they win out from here on? Who knows? Maybe, right? right? I, I think know. there's still a lot of positives about what he's doing. I thought he would have needed to have made the playoffs or to been keep it. One, cl- one game away, like came down to the final week to maybe keep it. I don't, I don't, think, I don't get that sense. Hmm. I don't. I think if they continue to kind of just be competitive and play the right way and are tough, yeah. I think that this is – I think Ursay wants this to work. Yeah. And I think, you know, again, there were still a lot of positives about last night. There was. I know it's totally disaster in the fourth quarter there, but you know, they weren't. That defense is still damn good. Yeah. And they hung in there for a long time and, and helped out. And, you know, unfortunately, it's just Matt Ryan can make no more high level throws. It's a little bit like what were the big plays last night? Just throw it up, right, to Alec Pierce? Yeah. Pretty much, right? Your guy, Alec Pierce. Yeah. My Did you guy see Alec Lewis Pierce. Riddick tweet during the game? No, what? He goes, should have been thrown to Alec Pierce all season in all caps. Yeah. He's a big Alec he, Pierce guy, he's, too. He's their best one-on-one threat they have is just with you know he's not as fast maybe as Paris Campbell but his size and speed combination makes him really tough he's big out there you could see his his frame 6'3 close to 220 yeah yeah he's he's fucking legit scored a touchdown was not enough for the Colts to win Cowboys got a big win one of the best things about the NFL we have winners and losers it's not like the World Cup out here right we don't have we don't have draws or ties we got winners and losers <laughs> which takes us to our next game the Commanders and the Giants 
Oh, no. Uh, it was a 2020 tie in this one. Your headline for this one is Taylor Tyneke ties the tie-ins. <laughs> yeah, it happened. We had a tie. Which, by the way, I, I, was, I was actually mad at the end of this game. I think both coaches were playing for a tie, and I didn't like that. I think they were both playing fairly conservative at the end. There were some short fourth downs. I know it was right around midfield yeah. for both teams. Yeah. But, I mean, you're borderline playoff teams for both of them. I know. Have I some, know. Have some guts. That made well, me mad. I, well, was, I was angry. What were your I, thoughts? I, I'm always angry, too. I don't like ties. It's like kissing yeah. your sister or your brother or whatever, right? The old saying there. I right. Mean, yeah. You know, or your cousin, whatever. One of those family members, all right? <laughs> yeah, sure. Oh, my family's from Kentucky. We kiss cousins down there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but either way, um, I, I'm with you there. But we have seen these ties come in very handy. Yeah. It's definitely better than losing the football game. Like, I would think Seattle was pretty disappointed yesterday that one of those teams didn't lose, right? They're yeah. looking at it going, fuck, now we're going to lose a tiebreaker, you know, to those teams because they tied. Uh, so, it, again, it's still better than a loss, and I think they kept that in the back of their minds. You know, just that, that little, you know, that little fact of this tie, we've seen a lot of teams get in the playoffs because of that tie over the last decade. Um, it was a weird game. It was like... Washington controlled it early. You know, Giants made a few mistakes, right? Giants had the turnover early on. Um, yeah. And But then, like, Giants kind of got back control of the football game. Heineke was making some mistakes. He did not throw the ball great. Missed some definite, some open receivers throughout the day. You know, that was that was one of those where we kind of came away. And, you know, Pete and I were, were, you know, always keeping a pretty close eye on the Giants game and Morgan, too. And... We were a little bit like, oh, yes, Heineke missed him. Yes. I mean, there was definitely some moments of that. Yeah. But then, you know, there we were in the fourth quarter, and oh, it felt like. You're saying the game got gross and close. Well, th- there's no, there's, there's fucking something to it. Taylor it's almost Heineke's like your, your Minnesota man. theory. It's like, hey, that's cool and all. I don't know if it's going to win multiple playoff games. Correct. Right? But it's cool in the, the regular season and all of that. Um, but, yes, they just hang around, but it felt like the Giants had control of the game. You know, they get the strip sack. The Giants go down. They get the strip sack on Heineke. They get the TD pass from Daniel Jones. They're up 2013, right? It's looking good. Here, the Giants make another stop. They get the ball back. They get a first down. They're in fringe field goal. They're in field goal territory. And John Feliciano decides to flex on people. He flexes on people. It gives them a personal foul. They get, they, uh, what, uh, Pete, they got, he got sacked, right? Daniel Jones on third down, maybe. Something happened negative play wise. They got kicked out of field goal position altogether. And now instead of us going up 23 13, all of a sudden it's fucking Taylor Tyneke time. <laughs> Taylor Tyneke time. Yeah. And he made the plays. It's unreal. It's all of a sudden, it's like, hey, the game's fucking crazy, and it's at the end. Fourth down. I, I, all of a sudden, I throw balls into bullseyes all of a sudden. Alludes two rushers. Alludes two rushers. Curtis Samuel. I mean, that was a great play. It, it was. was awesome play. It was. There was a lot of good plays by him. You know, Him and you know McCorrin down the stretch, Samuel and McCorrin down the stretch, and I was happy to see Samuel. He's from Brooklyn. Sure, he had a lot of family there. Yeah, uh, yeah they made some big plays Samuel's for the Samuel's been, been very good. And, and my guy in the draft, too, was Jahan Dotson. Man, Washington's my team. I love Heineke, his yeah. magic at the end Dotson's of the game. Dotson's touchdown at the end. That Jahan was special, Dotson, right? The little catch, spins off the guy, makes him miss, touchdown. Yeah. Well, yeah, you mentioned it wouldn't have been possible without some miscues by the Giants there, the Feliciano taunting, Darius Slayton had a drop, then they had an overtime. Oh, I know, the, the third Slayton drop, too. The that drop was weird. There. And yeah. the third and two, both running backs running into each other. Ran into each other. Into each other. <laughs> uh, it was, they it was made some mistakes. Exactly right. 
Um, but I was like, this game, I was like, I know this probably helps both of you in your pursuit of the playoffs. I think this should eliminate you. <laughs> well, I'll say this. It, it actually encouraged me with the Giants a little bit. I, I did not think we could hang in there. Like I thought Washington, as the game went on, would kind of show that they're a better football team than we are. Uh, but, uh, I mean, again, Darius Slayton's dangerous. Daniel Jones at one point was like 19 for 20. I mean, he's playing really good. And then the running game, again, that he brings to the table is special. Um, that, that was, there were some encouraging things for the Giants there. Maybe they won't you know, wilt away here down the stretch like I, I thought. Uh, we'll see where it goes. But, yeah, I, I will say I think the tie comes in handy for these guys. 7-4-1 and one are the Giants. Commander 7-5. And one. Hopefully they never tie again. That was Give Me the Headlines presented by Hyundai. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. They play each other in two weeks, so maybe they'll tie again. Oh, God. Yeah, Washington has a bye week and then plays the Giants again. That's kind of crazy, right? So they're preparing now. They're like, hey, just extend it. What if they just carry this game over? You play the next one for two. <laughs> you go, let's carry this one over. Yeah, yeah, I like that. What if that. you just did that? Double or nothing here. <laughs> <laughs> they should do that. Get together, and that should be a new rule. If you play the next time, uh, you can go double or nothing. All right, that was uh, Give Me the Headlines. We go to our next segment, recurring theme. It's time for Damn Okay. Damn. I'm okay. Damn. I'm okay. Yeah, no, I mean, yes. I'm okay. The legal gambling. Oh, baby. Oh, I am Chris baby. Sims. Okay. Damn. Okay. <laughs> so, damn okay, we start with the Seattle Seahawks. You just mentioned, didn't like seeing that tie. Wanted one of those teams to lose. Maybe they were half happy about that one. They were all happy with their comeback win against the Rams, the defending Super Bowl champs that are looking anything but uh, like Super Bowl champs right now. 27-23, the final score. Are damn okay, let's give a couple of them. Tariq Woolen, the rookie, continues to impress. Yeah, big seven, interception. Seven tackles, big interception. Yeah. Had three passes defended earlier in the game as well. Yeah. Uh, so we'll give a damn okay to him. Yeah, big interception. The Rams were in field goal territory, if yep. I remember correctly. So that was that was big. Defense stepping up. It looked like it could be a high-scoring shootout kind of a game right. against a Rams team that doesn't have a whole lot of weapons, no Stafford, no Cup. Uh, but they stepped up late. Give them credit. And also credit Geno. Smith, yes. lead Papa, says, damn okay to Geno Smith. He tore my Rams up on that final drive to win the game. Hate the Hawks, but got to respect the resurgence of his career. Are, are you becoming more and more impressed with Geno? Of course, we were big Geno fans early big. in the year. You were saying that yeah. the, they're going to be bad, the Seahawks, but it's not going to be because right. of Geno Smith. Right, right. Yeah, half right, I guess. Yeah. He's been awesome. He's been awesome. Teams hasn't been as bad as we thought. Yeah. Uh, but have you even been more impressed with him as the season has gone on? Definitely, because it's, it's, it's gone beyond just like the ordinary. It's like plays like you see to win the football game happening every week where it's like, oh, but damn, he's fucking escapes the pocket. You know, he threw in he knew threw a number of throws yesterday where he was like he had pressure, he's off his back foot, he's gonna throw a twelve yard out route or a twenty yard curl route. The guy's not even out of the break. And he's making high level stuff. And so it's not like it's like, oh, here you go, there's a guy wide open for four yard and then he's gonna run for fifty after. It's like, no, that was like big time. 
And again, I think I hope this is first off at lead pop. I love that, you know, I love people like that. I don't like the Seahawks, but I'm going to give respect to somebody that deserves it. That's the, that's what we like here at the Chris Sims Unbutton podcast. You know, don't be a hater. Let's mm-hmm. just call it the way it is. Yeah. You know, and that's where, you know, we got to be careful about vilifying some of these guys because you see here, it's just the perception and the public uh, view of Gino was totally off. Except for Tua. We're okay vilifying Tua, but <laughs> no. everyone else is like, take a break. I don't want to vilify Tua. I just, just want to vilify that was a his joke. fans. That was his a joke. crazy fans. That's all I look to vilify there yeah but but the um yes i I, i've been shocked i think a little bit more by that stuff amen that it's just like whoa he spins out of the pocket or steps up in the pocket escapes and throws a laser down the middle in a clutch moment and boom hits dk metcalf you know it's it's not like it's like oh you know gino had a great day here today threw for 350 and he threw you know 12 screens and a bunch of like slant routes it's like when they drop back the pass they are looking to strike so yes and he's a really young 33, right? He's 33 or something like that. He's going to be a starting quarterback for somebody next year. Maybe Seattle still. I mean, somebody. It doesn't matter. Yeah, they can't. How would they let him get away? I guess away, they can't let right? him get away now. Right, exactly right. I don't even know why I said that. But that was impressive. And I want to say this, too, on top of this. Tariq Woolen has a chance to be one of those guys that's top corner in football. There's no question. Ooh. He does. He's just To be that long and that fast, and as we've talked about, the change of direction skills to be that long are, are kind of scary good. But – I do want to give the Rams some credit here. I want to give Sean McVay credit. You know, you kind of said it. They ain't got jack shit on offense right now. They got nothing. He like, and he they did that yesterday and stayed close in that game just out of toughness and his coaching. You know, look at the rushing or just at Acres. You know, he had a, a, a okay day, right? But the Powell, the Wolford, the Atwell. Right, he he infused a few little things in the run game to just give us them a little bit something else on their offense, and that was just enough to kind of keep them competitive in the football game altogether. Uh, so I do want to give the Sean McVay some credit for that. But damn, the Seahawks, yes, and I mean that Kenneth Walker got hurt. I don't think this game is as close if he doesn't get hurt. Mm. You know, it, I would have been, I would have thought Seattle could have ran on the Rams yesterday for some big plays. But Geno, Lockett, Metcalf, they carried the day. Uh, the, the stars of the, you know, really the stars of the Seattle carried the day. Those three, Tariq Woolen, Jordan Brooks was everywhere, and our pa- Ochena Nwusu. And, I mean, those are the guys that have kind of made plays all year for their football team, and, and they showed up in a big NFC West show down there. Nwusu, two sacks, a forced fumble. In yeah, the game that's right. did not feature Aaron Donald, did not play. Yeah, correct? that stinks. How long will Walker be out? What's the stat? What, do we know about him at all? Is, I, it, it looked like his, it's his foot. He had his foot up on the sideline, on the bench, ice like yeah. on the arch of it there or something. So, yeah, I hope it's nothing. Uh, you know, nothing horrible. That, that's for sure. They're 7-5 um, and we'll five right now. It was almost a revenge game. It could have been for Bobby Wagner against his former yeah. side. Had that interception that I when I looked at it, I was like, I don't know. I don't know. It seems like he just ripped it away from the guy when he was already down. I don't know if that it was, was a, I, right. It was uh, borderline. Yeah. It was borderline. It was. But still, they were like, "All right, it's a revenge game for give it, give it to him." Probably not going to win anyway, because <laughs> um, the Seahawks won. They're seven and five now, and the Rams that first round pick for. Man, Bobby Lions. Wagner, what's he thinking? He's probably like, damn, I thought I was going to a team that's going to be in the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, take and back. the team I fucking left is going to be in the playoffs. And I know. I never would have thought that happened. Uh, Pete has put in the rundown here that uh, Pete Carroll said that Kenneth Walker jammed his ankle. We'll have to see what that means. Jammed his ankle. Hmm. 
Man, that's, so that's weird. Hopefully it means nothing bad. Okay. Uh, time to give a damn okay to someone else out there. A rookie who was impressed, not just Tariq Woolen, go over to the offensive side. A guy you liked in the draft process. He was your number two wide receiver. Damn okay, Christian Watson, as the Packers defeat the Bears 28-19. to <laughs> Do we want to break out the song for uh, Christian Watson? I think so. You know, we gotta, we got to take it away from the old guy. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. We probably need to get this guy his own, you know. He doesn't want to be tainted by a, a no, song that may have know, been but, associated you know, with someone else. Christian Watson is so fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, we're going to find something, you know, new for him because he deserves it. Yes. Uh, but, yes, that's Deshaun Watson's That's a placeholder song. song. That's a placeholder song. It's a placeholder song. Right. He's, he's, he's a Christian, and he's Watson, and he gets the song for now. But, damn, is he fucking freaky. Eight touchdowns the last four games, two yesterday against the Bears. Top speed of 21.72 miles per hour on that 46-yard run. That ties Deshaun Jackson for the fastest speed by a wide receiver this season. So he's been catching touchdowns. He's been running for touchdowns. We didn't see it early on in the season. Maybe it took a little while for him to for him to earn the trust yeah. of Aaron Rodgers. He had some injuries in training camp, right? So he wasn't around to get that. And then, yes, to your point, you're exactly right. And then Rodgers was like, wait, I didn't get to work with you in training camp, and you're not in the trust tree, so he, he didn't throw him the ball much early on in the year. Commander Frank says, I remember Chris getting a lot of heat for saying that Christian Watson was the number two receiver in the whole draft. And then Scott Goldstein says... Chris, you were right on. Christian Watson, 100%. How does a player like him last until the second round? It's, it's the same thing we talk about. It's how does DK Metcalf last the second round? How does Debo Samuel? Because they played on teams where it wasn't great production. So, like, for some reason, teams have to, they have to see you catch the ball for 1,400 yards instead of just going, wait, he's fucking open all the time, and this team's not that good to give him the ball all the time. Right? Same thing. How did A.J. Brown last the second round? It's the same bullshit. He doesn't run the right the route tree all the way. I don't know if one of the freakiest guys in the world can run to that line and make a right turn. Like, get the fuck out of here. I don't know either. But he's freak show. And, yes, he is going to be in the conversation for one of the best receivers in football. He's, they just don't make humans like him very often. You know, he's built like almost like a DK Metcalf or a Chase Claypool you know, or a Brandon Marshall. But he's faster than those guys. So, yeah, we're, we're seeing it, and I did take a lot of heat for that one there. You know, he's from North Dakota State. They're a running football team and one double-A. How fast can he be? You know, I'm not sure about the guys covering him. I get that. I want to go, man, North Dakota State's got NFL players all over their team. They got more guys in the NFL than Texas does right now. So uh, that that's you know that's we got to get get rid of that. But yeah, he was he was great. And man, this game was kind of a sneaky fun game to watch. I agree with that. Right? Yeah. You know, it was Justin Fields made so many big awesome plays, and you felt like they were kind of controlling the football game. And you know, we had the Chase Claypool fumble. I know that messed up one drive, right? And and that might have been the drive that got them the field goal to make it ten three, or may, maybe that he fumbled and they were ten nothing and they were driving. But really felt like, oh wow, you know, Green Bay can't get anything going on the offensive side of the ball. Fields, the way he was throwing the ball and making plays. I mean, when we got close to halftime, I was sitting there going, man, the Packers are in trouble. They're gonna lay an egg here in Chicago. Uh, they make the big drive before the half. He throws the ball up to Watson, who catches the touchdown, and that kind of changed the game a little bit and uh, got them rolling. And in the second half, they played some good offensive football. Aaron Rodgers improves to eight and zero. 
versus the Bears since 2019. In those games, 19 touchdown passes, no interceptions. I, I thought it was interesting after the after the game, right? Uh, during the game, he's saluting, right? Yeah. The fans there in Chicago, you know, the, you know, the history there, I own you or whatever. After the game, he says in his interview, you don't know when it may be your last. I don't know. I kind of got a weird feeling, like we and we talked about this last week. I kind of got the weird feeling that he's preparing to say either goodbye to the NFL entirely, or this is it for me with the Packers playing against the Bears. I, I got a real like this is the last run vibe from Aaron Rodgers in those moments in the game. Did you get that at all? Uh, uh, it's it's the second time in two weeks. He's in the in ten days. He's kind of said the same thing. He said something on like Monday at his locker last week, where he's like, "Well, you're assuming everything will be the same in this locker room next year." Or it's just again, I just go, "What? what? Can we just fucking play football and stop always like, <laughs> yeah. you know, stop the you know enigma or the riddle of like, oh, what's going to happen? Let's let's talk about something other than the football team." Yeah, I just I get tired of that. I do. Um, but yeah, I hear you. I don't know. He's giving out mixed signals. I don't know if he wants to maybe retire or if maybe he's trying to set it up to get the fuck out of Green Bay. There's a part of me that thinks that too. You know, there is a little rumor in NFL circles that people think like Aaron Rodgers and Odell Beckham Jr. might try to team up somewhere. Hmm. You know, hmm. I, I know. What, next year? Yeah. And I just go, I don't know. I got to see that to believe it. I got to see Rodgers pull the trigger and actually want to get out of Green Bay. I think he's very comfy there because he's the king. Um, but yeah, that was one there where the Bears could have stole it yesterday. They definitely could have. You know, they were controlling the game, right? They drive down and field goal got blocked. Forty yard field goal by Cairo Santos. I think I think big, you know, uh, white D tackle Lowry got his hand up and blocked it. Yeah. And then Packers went on a long field goal drive to go up by a point. And then that, then the next, uh, then it was the Justin Fields interception, and uh, that that again led to the Watson reverse touchdown and all of that. But um, yeah, good win for Green Bay. Doesn't put them out of it. But I, Watson, to me, just the stars of the show were Watson and Justin Fields. Justin Fields is amazing. Justin Fields is fun to watch. He's fun to watch. He made some throws yesterday in the game too, where I just went, "Holy shit!" Like what a throw. Yeah. Uh, and and the running is. He's in the class of anybody in football with the ball in his hand, right? I mean, I, I put him anybody. I don't care who it is. What was it, Nick Bosa, when he was asked, like, who's the fastest player? Maybe it was just quarterback. Yeah, maybe. He might he have said had. Justin Fields. I, I mean, I don't, you, Watson, Christian Watson, Justin Fields, I don't care. Give the ball to the, Justin Fields in a reverse. He might hit 21 miles per hour, too. Yeah. He's that special with the ball in his hands. Yeah. Uh, I, I really like what I see from Justin Fields as of late. I really do. But the good news for the Packers, they won this game. They got a, a receiver of the future in Christian Watson. The receiver of the past is Devontae Adams doing big things for the Raiders still, though. Our Woo! damn okay goes to Devontae Adams as the Raiders defeat the Chargers 27 to 20 uh it was like uh he got open when they wanted him to get open and i'll tell you what and, and we were pumping up the raiders and i was specifically a few weeks ago and then they got what shut out by the saints yeah it was embarrassing yeah one of the most embarrassing moments of my uh sims unbuttoned career uh they let me down but i'll tell you what if the raiders somehow figured out a way and i don't think they're going to get in the playoffs but if they got in the playoffs i'd be like that they can win a game in the playoffs because i don't think you play this game a million times the chargers i don't think they win necessarily more than half i think the raiders are right there with the chargers definitely the, the raiders are unfortunately yeah they're not going to get in because they blew some games early in the year right but i hope everybody's seeing 
Josh McDaniels and the genius in a little bit what we're seeing here. First off, they they have come together, you know, beat the Seahawks, beat the Chargers. Uh, they're the only team we've seen that moved the ball on the Broncos like we talked about. Yeah, it's going to come back to bite them in the ass in games like the Colts, the Jaguars, you know, the Tennessee Titans, the Cardinals are all games where they controlled the game for the better part of the game and lost. And that's going to be the difference of why they don't make the playoffs. But I hope everybody sees, man, I'm just saying, watch out for the Raiders. You're seeing the genius of McDaniels here and the offense. And, Dan, what would it look like if they had Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller to actually play ever, right? I mean, they haven't had Darren Waller all year. And this is why a few weeks ago, Amin, you know, I was, hey, you gotta, you're going to do the New England way and go in on this. You've got to let it go a little bit. This is, it's a deep process to get it rolling. And they've got it rolling right now. And the offense has really got it rolling. And between the run game of Josh Jacobs and then him fucking with you with Devontae Adams and all the routes he runs and everything there, and I think Carr is very comfortable within the offense now. I mean, they, they almost seem unstoppable once they kind of get going in a football game. Once they kind of figure out, oh, wait, this is what you're doing to us. It's like then McDaniel's is like, all right, unlock this part of the playbook. Here we go. Okay, I got it. When you're dead, and uh, they just they're so balanced to make so many big plays in in the run game and the pass game. Yeah, two superstars on offense. They have been created by uh, Josh McDaniels. We're pretty good without him too. Devontae Adams, 177 yards. Josh Jacobs went over 150 scrimmage yards again with a touchdown. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, they're five and seven. The Chargers are six and six. I I don't know that they're totally out of the playoffs discussion yet. But I do think they. I don't know their schedules upcoming here. Yeah, but I think it's possible they finish better than the Chargers. Which I I don't I don't think it's crazy. Listen, they, the Jets have some tough games down the stretch. If the Jets Ooh. fall apart, and the Chargers, who I'm, I'm going to look it up as we sit here real quick, and let's just I'll go. Here's the Raiders. First off, okay. Raiders have the Rams this week. We okay. know they can beat them. Yeah. But then they got Patriots, Steelers, 49ers, Chiefs. Okay. So that's a tough stretch down the end. They'll have to earn it. They will have to earn it. There's no doubt about it. Now, let's look at the Los Angeles Chargers. All right, so here's the – and if you're watching on YouTube, you see the, the playoff standings right now. The Chargers have Dolphins, Titans, Colts, Rams, Broncos. So they got a lot of work here too. They do. Now, they, you know, both teams are going to need the Jets and the, the Patriots to fall apart a little bit here in the second half. of Which the, I think the Patriots, the, I mean, from what we saw against there's a the chance. Bills, there's, yeah. a, there's a chance for that. There's no doubt about it. And they got to play – and the Jets play Buffalo this week. They got mm. Jets got some tough games left on the schedule here. And New England has some tough games on the schedule too. You know, they got the Bengals, the Dolphins, and the Bills still on the schedule, and they got to yeah. play the Cardinals and the Raiders. So. Out of those teams in the hunt, and there's one, two, three, yeah. four, five, Patriots, the Ra- Chargers, The Raiders, Raiders have more of a chance than I thought as I agree. sitting here. You're, 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 you're on it, Ahmed. They're not dead yet here. Defense stepping up. Chandler Jones had a big game. Oh, it's the they first time him. all year. I think Three that was sacks. the – Right. That was, the, that was huge. You know, I, I just couldn't get over that. So there, there's a lot of things to talk about because I thought this game was interesting too. Raiders didn't come out playing well. Down 10 nothing. Carr threw a pick six, right? Josh Jacobs fumbled back up on one, at one point. Instead of just taking the lead, 3 nothing charges, you know what they did. They went for it on fourth and one and didn't get it, okay? Um, but, you know, the, uh, just the, they pressured Herbert throughout. And then, you know, the defense caused a turnover on Eckler with a fumble. And then just the big plays to Adams and then the running with Jacobs. Man, it's, it's going to be tough to defend. And defensively, even though they're not super talented, they're not. If they can rush the passer that way, 
Patrick Graham and company will have the right plan on the defensive side of the ball. Like I said, it might not be dominant on men, but it'll give them a fighting chance and let their offense stay in a football game. And, you know, I'm glad we had this conversation. I think you're right. I think we need to kind of watch out for the fucking Raiders. Uh, here we go again. Yeah. And they're going to disappoint me again, probably, <laughs> right? <laughs> Don't do that to me, Raiders. Uh, you've played so well at times. So uh, congratulations to the Raiders. Congratulations to the Ravens, who are 8-4 and four right now. Could Ooh. have been 7-5 and five if they do not figure out a way to – pull off the comeback win against the Denver Broncos. 10-9 was the final score. We're going to give the damn okay to the guy who replaced Lamar Jackson, who is out days to weeks, according to John Harbaugh. Mm -hmm. Tyler Huntley leading a 16-play, 64-yard game-winning drive. You've been very complimentary of Tyler Huntley in the past. Yes. You go, they can win with him. Definitely. I mean, we saw it at the end of last year. You see it again here today. I mean, yesterday. Not an easy situation. Oh, great. Hey, your first time you get to play all year. You get to play one of the best defenses in football, the Denver Broncos. And just to let you know, we can't run the fucking ball right now because we're not, we've lost our way. Oh, by the way. Right. So no big deal. I mean, no big deal. He was their leading rusher, 10 carries for 41 yards. That's, that's, it's amazing. The Ravens, the run game, you know, I know Morgan Moses is a little beat up, but right tackle, Ronnie Stanley beat up. I don't know if there's another injury in the middle. I think there might be. They did have an alignment hurt yesterday, but yeah, they've lost their ability to kind of control the line of scrimmage in the run game. And Ahmed, it goes right back to what we've talked about a lot. It's just not the kind of pass game that you go, well, they'll carry it all the time. You know, they got the basics, but there's lack of scary weapons. And then it's not a passing offense that's made to stand alone. That's not what Greg Roman's all about there. But man, yeah, did he make a lot of just, you know, good decisions? They weren't going to let up the big play. A lot of nice four and five yard completions kept them in good positions. It wasn't pretty, but man, the last drive of the game was just gutsy. It was just gutsy and tough. There was nothing easy. There was no easy plays to be had. It was a run for four and a run for five and a throw for six and a throw for eight and fucking 16-play, 91-yard drive to win the game. I mean, that's big time. That speaks to, to John Harbaugh, and it, it, it speaks to Tyler Huntley, you know, like we talked about with Brock Purdy, being ready to go and uh, you know, not fucking the game up as a backup quarterback for your football team and keeping them in control in the AFC. Yeah, I called it a 64-yard drive. That included the penalties, but you're right, 91 yards. Yeah. They started back there at the at the 9, uh, and they went for fourth down, too, with four minutes to go. I think John Harbaugh has been aggressive at times. At their own 18-yard line, they're like, this is the game. Let's go for it. Could have punted right there. That's and, right. I forgot about that. And they yeah. just, there you go. This is it. This is all. And it, and it turned out to be it. And 16 plays or however many plays later. Um I don't think yeah. Nathaniel Hackett makes it out of this year. And I don't think, as you've mentioned rightly, yeah. a lot of the problems are not necessarily no, his. It's I a know. new situation for him. He's a rookie head coach. Mm-hmm. you got a veteran quarterback who you hope he can re- rely on, who he's not been able to do with Russell Wilson. But at a certain point, it just seems like almost by mistake, you got to stumble into a couple games where you just you're, you break out. They have had one game where they have scored – over 20 they've scored over 20 twice 23 points versus the Raiders in October was the most they've scored this year right I mean it just seems like I get it it's not all on him but at a certain point in a 17 game season it seems like you got to have a couple games where it's like all right there's the blueprint if we can just figure out how to do that more consistently they haven't really done it once no well honestly and in a lot of ways I think they're and I I don't I don't think it's fair to blame Nathaniel Hackett 
in, in a lot of ways. I mean, I understand you're, you're right, and you're saying the perception, again, is there, and it doesn't look good to the eye, and there's not a lot of good vibes around it. And, you know, just it doesn't seem like the Denver fan base is latched on in any ways. It seems like there is a groundswell for Nathaniel Hackett's head there. I don't love it. And where it's tough is they've actually had a regress offensively because of their quarterback. That, that's the thing. If you watch what they were doing in week three or four, you'd go, they were running more plays and had more offense in than they do now because they've had to dumb it down or simplify it even more to make the quarterback feel comfortable. So that's where it stinks. He can't even, like, expand and show, hey, look, I can draw this play up. I can do this and do that. He's kind of handcuffed right now because of the quarterback. So that's where it stinks, and I feel for him. And I, you I, know, I, I hope they don't fire him. I really don't. Uh, I do think he's a guy that, you know, has a good offense of mind. He's going to lead them in the right way. But yeah, the optics were kicked off in the wrong direction by forty-six left hash, right against the Seahawks to start the year, and then there has been a few other mistakes here and there, and that's just led to yeah a bad vibe around him and the and the Green uh, Denver Broncos and. I mean, I wouldn't do it, but I'm, I hear you, Ahmed, and I think I would not be shocked if he was one of the first guys to go after the season. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hasn't been fun. They have lost six times to an opponent that scored fewer than 20 points. And the Ravens just scored 10 and get a one-point victory over the Denver Broncos, who lose once again. Just a couple more games to go here. Last but not least, Pete puts it here. And I don't even know why the Lions are this far down here. Well, you know. My Detroit Lions? Yeah. Fuck your Lions. This late in the pod? <laughs> they, yeah, because they beat the Giants previously. Yeah, we're getting his payback. We don't uh, like it. And then they crush the Jacksonville Jaguars, which is a team that you have uh, said is you watch out for, and they've shown I, I some I thought things. they'd keep it close this week. <laughs> I thought they'd pull off the upset. 40-14. to 14. Dan Campbell, we'll give you the first words on this one. That was the best game we played all year, gentlemen. Okay. Best game. We are playing our best football right now. That's five weeks in a row now. We're playing our best football, and we're in December. That's a credit to you guys. I know what we are, man. I know what we are. You should know what you are. We talked about the skill players. You had to own it today, man. You had to rise up. Receivers and DBs. game ball here real quick there's a number of you guys man there's a whole ton of guys who play really well we'll dive into the tape all that there is one guy here man you guys know anybody's playing on another team man to be able to come somewhere else you're a free agent you want to make your claim stake your claim and you have a big game yeah, yeah. DJ yeah. Yeah. that's so cool uh i just sat there smiling watching that whole thing thanks yeah, for letting great. me play that uh dan campbell his uh, fucking energy is infectious. It's, it's I want to awesome. get in that locker room and play for Dan Campbell. It's no mystery why why they're playing hard yes, still for him right. after all those failures last year, early on this year. Uh, they they win again, and I thought it was very interesting. Yeah, congratulations to TJ Chark coming back against his former team. It's getting, awesome. Getting the game ball there. But the guy that threw it to him, 
yeah. Jared Goff. Yeah. And it was the first time that I have. Yeah, say it. I mean, he's played well, and you've complimented him. Yeah. You said he's actually I said it's his lot. best year of it's his career. It's his best year. Right. After that game, I'm like, you know what? They got two first-round picks. Maybe they don't use either one of them on a quarterback. I, he, he's making it hard. He is. Maybe he's good enough on it, a team that has a lot around him. It's like this, him getting backed in the corner and like, hey, you got to pull the trigger and throw the ball here. You know, this isn't McVay and you just got an easy screen or all that. It's like it's brought out a new player in him over the last year and a half. That's what I see. I see a guy that used to like I see used to see a 20-yard crossing route and go, well, if he throws it, he's not going to throw it on target or he won't even throw it cuz it's a little too tight coverage to where he'll look for something else. Now he's just fucking like, oh, he's open by 3 inches, fucking throw it. I and mean, it's just, you know, he's he's got guts. He's aggressive, and they're not afraid to lean on him. I mean, again, it was a phenomenal football game. I mean, they, they had their way with the, the Jags in the past game. They did whatever they wanted almost all game long. It's the thing I kept writing in my notes as I was watching the game. I just got, they're throwing at will. They're throwing at will. You know, Jaguars come off a big win. They showed they're immature, and they still can't handle that. ATN fumbles to start the game, you know. Uh, Zay Jones, it, it's seven, seven, nothing. You guys, after you know the first good drive there and, and the fumble by ATN, they drive down. Zay Jones is going to catch a shallow crossing route on third down. He's going to score a touchdown. He drops it. They kick a field goal. You guys go right down and score again. It's just constant pressure. Your offense is fun to watch. It has everything. Ben Johnson is fucking good. You know, I almost don't want to praise him too much because I want to make sure he's there for Dan Campbell to be the offensive coordinator Agreed. for you and Dan next year. Agreed. Right? Uh, but he's, I think, a guy that people are going to – They're doing this in spite of Ben Johnson. <laughs> they're going to – There's teams <laughs> that are going to look at Detroit and Ben Johnson and go, wait, this guy can, you know, draw up a game plan here and call plays the right way. Um, but, yeah. And then added to that, Amin, the defense has gotten better the last few weeks. Yeah. Made some changes on that side of the ball. They've definitely been better. Not that it's a, it's like the best defense in football or anything like that. But I mean, man, gave Josh Allen and everybody and the Bills all they can handle in the second half. I mean, really, if Josh Allen's just not an incredible talent, you guys win the game. It's just he made a few throws, or you just go, well, damn, only him and like four of the guys in the league are going to yeah. do that. But made it hard on them. But for made it extremely. Much of the game. I mean, they couldn't do anything there in the late third, fourth quarter, right? I mean, it was tough sledding. Uh, so a lot of credit to Detroit. Way to go, Jared Goff. Again, I'm not a hater on Jared Goff. I, back in the day, I was just trying to call it like it is and tell you about it. He is kicking some butt right now, and I do think you're right. He's going to make them think about, do you really want to put one of those top ten ticks in the quarterback? Yeah. Or do you want to just bolster this team and have a fucking squad here in Detroit? Yeah. And that'll be an interesting discussion. Crypto Mug 358, thinking like Whoa. me, said, uh, what do you make of the Lions roster? They seem like they're building a genuine roster with two first-round picks. Do you think Jared Goff is a long-term option in Detroit? And I do think... You know, from from what I've heard, I think the GM is a big fan of Jared Goff. It seems like too. it. Brad it Holmes like was it. over there in L.A. when they took him number yes, one overall. Right, right. And so it wouldn't surprise me if he's like, yeah, this is what we'll I hang saw. In there. Yeah. We're going to hang in. And We, I th- we yeah. got the weapons around him. Offensive line's good. Yep. Now let's use those picks on defense and see if we can it. be. Uh, I think the big thing, too, will just be does Dan Campbell and does does Jared Goff fit their mantra, right? That would be the, probably the last piece of the puzzle. It seems like he does. Yeah. You know, kind of selfless QB who's, you know, tough and gritty. And Goff is that for sure. Um, so, uh, yeah, it, it, he's making them think, Crypto Mug 358. Mm-hmm. He definitely is going to make them think. It's, I think it is going to. 
you know, I, I mean, I know we're going to evaluate as we go on here, but if he can just finish the season playing solid football, he doesn't have to be great. I think he's going to make the, the decision very tough on them. Very fun offense to watch right now. It really the Detroit, is. The Detroit Lions. And you got Jamison Williams coming back. I mean, I didn't really get to watch him Played yesterday. a couple of games, didn't do much. I think they threw it to him one time one maybe time. and yeah. fell down, I think. But, yeah, yeah he'll, be, he'll be fun to watch. Uh, speaking of two teams that are not fun to watch offensively. <laughs> How dare you. The Steelers and the Falcons, but someone had to win. Although I guess they didn't have to win. Ties do exist in the yeah, NFL. They do. Steelers won 19 to 16 the teams combined for an nfl record five field goals of 45 yards or more hey so it was an nfl record uh, so maybe it wasn't as bad of a game as we thought um no there's some good things about pittsburgh in this game okay so yeah. mike tomlin's doing it again right never had a losing season and now they're five and seven and who knows maybe they'll do it again so what did you like from the steelers then? well it, it just you know Offensively, they have a nice little it's, – it's nothing pretty or flashy, but it's short passing game and running the ball, and they've gotten better at that. And then Pickett scrambles and makes a few plays, and it's just kind of ugly drives. That's kind of how they make it work. And I know you had the one big play to Fryermuth and along the sideline, and he broke up the sideline where a big play. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of what they are. And then, you know, defensively, uh, they just – they bring it. I think that's what I look at. And they got into a game here where they knew, wait, well, there's only one thing we really got to worry about. And we got we just can't let them run the ball on us. And really, we're very good at stopping the run until it's the fourth quarter. It seemed like the dam broke a little bit. And then all of a sudden, Cordero and Algier and all them started breaking some runs. A little bit. Yeah. Not a ton. Right? Yeah. yeah, not a ton. But just enough to where that's where they kind of made or mounted their comeback. Yeah. It was 19-6 Steelers. And it did feel like, yeah, just uh, like I just wrote 84 Patterson. Lots of good runs. Sets up TD 19-13. You know, um, and then kind of the same thing. You know, they're not a team that can rely on the passing game. But when you're a little bit too one-dimensional against Pittsburgh, that's a disaster because they're they're feast or famine. They don't care. They go all in on it too. Oh wait, we smell blood in this area. We're not just going to be conservative about it. We're going to fucking bring the whole sharks, the shark pod, and everybody, and we're gonna we're gonna eat. Yeah, and I don't know why I said that, but I did. Yep. Um, but yeah, it just Pittsburgh's toughness, their grit, they're growing their quarterback. Uh, there's a lot of positives there, and I just can't say enough about them. And then, you know, when you always use those words culture, it's like what you're talking about. He's got a culture of, like, we fight. Even when we get knocked down, we get up and fight again. We don't give a shit. There's no excuses here. And that's Mike Tomlin, Pittsburgh Steeler football. If you're Najee Harris, you throw a man's head into the turf on a stiff arm. You see, you see that? Insane. That was crazy. He's, I, I mean, like, is that a penalty? <laughs> I was well, like, that was aggressive. Yeah, it is aggressive. No, it's football. You're allowed it's to football. do that. You're yeah. allowed to do that. Yeah. Najee Harris is running, which which is why you, you they like him so much, right? Yes. He's not that explosive guy, but can do a lot. And obviously gives attitude to their team. Gives them attitude. Right. I didn't like how Mike Tomlin punted uh, from the Atlanta 35 up by three with 53 seconds left. I wasn't a huge fan of that. Um, but Peter gave it the Peter, Peter, Peter watch of the week, at least right now. Right. Uh, Presley Harvin the third bounced a perfect punt at the one-yard line to pin Atlanta. Minka Fitzpatrick with the game-sealing interception on the next play. It was not a good game for Marcus Mariota. And you might wonder... Is it time to move on? Well, yeah, they're going to move on. I can tell you that. What about like right now? Like they have Desmond Ritter on mm, the roster. I know. I don't know if they'll do that because they're not out of it. They're five and eight. Yeah, they're not out of it. I mean, you know, Tampa loses tonight, 
and you go, oh, shit, well, we're still only a game out, and we get to play them again, and we'll see. But what's Marcus giving you that Desmond couldn't give you either? Well, you know, you know, one, it's just hard to throw the guy into that situation. Like, hey, here we're at the end of the season. We're still in the playoff mix. And to me, that's how you can start off the bad perception around your young quarterback leading the next year. Oh, Desmond Miz is our starter. And the Atlanta fan base is like, wait, you mean the guy that looked like shit at the end of the year last year? Right? So that that's a tough situation to throw a rookie into. You know, plus – like we talked about, I think Desmond Ritter has got some things to work on still. I think that kind of showed itself in the preseason. He did some good things, I know that, but there's still some work there. But either way, you know, I, I think we are definitely firmly in, to your point, Ahmed, it's, he's not the future, Marcus Mariota. He's just not a good enough thrower of the ball, let alone he's not a good enough decision maker. So that's where it hurts. And, and why did you have a problem with them punting the ball there? Why did you have a problem with that? You can't go for it there, Ahmed. Fourth and 11, 40-yard line? Oh, was it fourth and 11? Yeah, oh. you thought it was shorter? We oh, took it was fourth and game. six first. Fourth That's and right. six. That's right. Yeah, I, I still think it's – I would have done that. I would have done that. You, gotta, you just answered your own question. Hmm. Wait, we're going to give the ball to Marcus Mariota backed up? Can he really drive down and beat us here? Right, and you're Pittsburgh and Mike Tomlin, a defensive coach, and I got T.J. Watt and Cam Hayward and Minka Fitzpatrick, right? So that's why he does it. I'm not yeah. trying to be a jerk to no, you. No, no, no. You know what I mean? He's no, going. I don't want to miss. I was being a jerk. I don't want to miss a field goal. I don't want us to not get. You know, now we give them the ball at the 42 yard line, and Mariota throws one ball to Drake London, jump ball, and all of a sudden it's field goal territory, right? Yeah. So that that's all I was saying there. All right. I know you're wearing your red for the Falcons the, yeah, and all give that. Give it to the gloved man. Make one play. Give it to Najee Harris. Throw another man's head into the ground, and we <laughs> win the game. Uh, one more game to talk about. The Browns beat the Texans 27-14. Uh, the first time we have seen Deshaun Watson in a regular season game in 700 days. Uh, he did not look good. The offense did not look good. But they didn't need the offense. Two defensive touchdowns. <laughs> it's they hilarious. A, they had a special teams touchdown. It was hilarious. It was kind of a sad game. It was. In many respects for, for both teams for many reasons. But uh, congrats to the Browns. They win, and, and I guess they're still in it. Five it, and seven right now. It, it is. It's amazing that they're they're in it. It was ugly. I mean, what did you expect, first off? Deshaun Watson, I mean, it's been two years. It's, it's impossible to come back and play well. It is. But the defense stepped up. That's the big thing. You know, I mean, Denzel, you know, sports a fumble on Damian Pierce when they're backed up. Denzel Ward just picks it up, runs for a touchdown. The punt returned by Peoples-Jones. I mean, it was kind of the damnedest thing you've ever seen, really. Um, but but it, it felt like it was one of those days, and, and, and I thought the Texans would keep it close because, again, they were hearing it all week and the energy in the city and Watson's coming back and all of that. I'm sure they felt the importance even through their own owner as uh, what they wanted to do there. Um, but, man, yeah, I mean – Gosh, fumble return, pick six, punt return. Yeah. That's amazing. It really is. It wasn't a very pretty game by the Browns. No, they ran the ball well. They did, but it wasn't as dominant as I would have thought. But, you know, Cleveland, I mean, uh, Texans, I think, felt like, hey, we can, we can play run defense, and we don't think Deshaun Watson's going to be greased up and ready to go quite yet, and, and he certainly wasn't. You still see the physical ability. That's for sure. Uh, to me, it does. His arm pops to me when he lets go of the ball. He looks a little thick right now, but his movement's still damn good. Uh, I won't take him long to kind of get back into football shape. This is a huge result. Do you know why? Why? Because now, for the first time this season, 
a team has been eliminated Uh-oh. from the postseason. Is that why you're wearing red and blue today? That's why I'm re- we're red and blue. Yeah, yep. exactly. Put them in the ground, Ahmed. The Houston Texans, it's time to bury them. So if you're unfamiliar with the podcast, this is what we do every year. This is what I do. I write a poem. This is where my, my you're poetry, great. poetry writing skills. You're a great po- poetry writer, su- music guy. Damn, you're just Johnny <laughs> Creative over we here. We call it Requiem for a Team. This is where we, we put to rest a team that has been eliminated, and now the Houston Texans have been eliminated. We do that with music. Kristen, do we have the... We better. Oh, my gosh, we do. I'm quitting the podcast if we don't have the music. We are back. We're back. Shh. Pay your respects. Here lie the Houston Texans. It's a team that had too little brawn. Their hope of a playoff spot is gone. They're at the back of the pack. They need a new quarterback. But at least they don't have to root for Deshaun. Right? <laughs> you know, there are a silver lining Well there. done there. Well <laughs> done. Very lining. good. Very good. Oh, everything you said is true. Up. There it is. It's all true. Yep. So uh, Houston Texans, better luck next year. 1-10 and 1 has gotten you eliminated. One more game to go. That's a Monday night game. Hasn't happened yet at the recording of this pod. When you're listening, maybe it has already happened so you can evaluate <laughs> Chris's analysis after knowing. No, we're not that. It's not four hours. No, it's, we're not that far into this pod, Pete. He said uh, Monday Night Football starts in 20 minutes. The bet MGM parlay preview, Saints at Buccaneers. Chris said that the Bucks would win by four in a low-scoring game, 20-16 to 16 on Thursday's pod. The Bucks are favored by three, so you think they will cover in a game that will go under the over-under of 41. Do you still agree with that? Yeah, I do. I don't feel comfortable about this game, though. I don't. Uh, why would you feel comfortable about Tampa Bay? They've been all over the map. Brady's not playing that well. Their run game's not very good. You know, their defense has been all over the place, so I'm a little torn there. And then they're playing another a team that's kind of like that too, where I go, hey, the offense was awesome this week, and the next week it sucked, and now it's back to awesome. It's hard to figure out these two teams, let alone we know that the Saints, hey, they, they know how to defend this team. No, they do. And, 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 Pete, I don't know if you can look up why we're just sitting here and getting our ear at some point, but, like, Marshawn Lattimore, his health tonight – you know that I'm going to be interested. I think there's a chance he does play. I think he's playing tonight. You know, if he does, it's it's going to make life hard. The, the Buccaneers receivers, like we talked about early in the year, Mike Evans has definitely lost a step. Godwin, I don't think has ever gotten back totally to his hundred percent himself yet. He's still really good. You know, and then yeah, without a lack of a run game, and then now your quarterback's 45 years old. That's where you know the Bucks are are not consistently good, and. You know, one of the in the Bucks uh, they want to rely on their defense being physically dominant and all that too. You you can't. You're not, they're not going to be physically dominant against the Saints. The Saints' offensive line's too good. You know, and we'll see what the Saints got in store. Like we said, they have they've shown moments here of Taysom Hill, Andy Dalton stretching the field a little bit, the Taysom Hill run game, Alvin Kamara, all that of being a pain in the ass. Uh, I'm kind of excited for a tough, close physical game here. Marshawn Lattimore, Pete says, game time decision. Game time decision. Mm. Yeah, they, they they need him. They do. Uh, it just it gives them a little more flexibility, and it, he's certainly a, he's the the best matchup corner on Mike Evans we've seen in football really over the last five six years. The action never stops at BetMGM. You can sign up now using the bonus code Sims. Your first wager is risk free up to one thousand dollars. So say you bet a hundred dollars on Chris Olave to score the first TD tonight, Ahmed. Okay. If you win, you'll get twelve hundred dollars. But if you lose, you still get a hundred dollars worth of free bets. Win win situation. I there. like Chris Olave too. So yeah, I would he's like awesome. That. Simply download the BetMGM app today, or go to betmgm.com. Enter the bonus code. 
code SIMS to make your first wager risk-free up to $1,000. And that is it. Three hours and 17 minutes later, we've made it all the way through the Monday recap. Troy and Joe, over to you. (laughs) (laughs) Kick off in 10 minutes. (laughs) All right, everybody. I hope you enjoyed. I will not be sick for the Wednesday podcast. We're going to be treasure hunting. I don't know that. You're right. But I'm hoping, I'm I'm playing the percentages that I don't (laughs) get sick two weeks in a row. You've got the antibodies. Right. I I, got to suck it up here. I was disappointed last week I didn't get to bring to the table some of the things I had. I had a lot of good notes. But I'll have some good ones this week. Certainly, we'll be here Wednesday. Send in the questions. Anything specific you want me to break down any play any penalties i'd love to do that shit i love it all right so chris sims ahmed farid we'll see you wednesday yep we'll have our hard hats on mm-hmm. treasure hunting ahmed thanks for leading the charge absolutely clap, clap it, it up, up. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.